I'm a charismatic front man with great eyebrows and a mysterious sexuality. Radio X. <laughs> Russell Brand. Right, now I'm glad this has come up. <laughs> Radio X. You're listening to Russell Brand Podcast. Here with me is Matt Morgan and, and Mr. Mr. G. Yep. And I'm not going there's to do There's a little it. line of bananas. Uh, yeah. There's Don't a little say you line. need an adjudicator because I, I didn't do. have one. And also, you yeah, get nowhere near. Oh, mate, you, are, you think I couldn't eat those bananas? No. Oh, you, you pair of fools. You You're absolute idiots. I'll you break couldn't. that record standing still. Just to demonstrate it, I'll show you how quickly I can eat one banana. No, 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 no. no. Line them up, line them up. Do it properly. Don't, don't, eat need one a don't eat one banana, you're then say you're full. Outside the time. This is it. I'm just showing you how easy it is for me. Absolute doggle. Get off the mic. I can still do the broadcast, see? People don't you like You like try and break the record. They like it. People don't like it. They like it. It's right in their ears. Imagine you're walking around in headphones. I'm so sorry if you're walking on with headphones listening to this and you're laughing. You're laughing in the street. Okay, let's have a listen to the radio show and then uh, come back to uh, discuss it. With Sky Broadband Superfast, you get reliable broadband here. <laughs> Smells good. There. Morning. <laughs> and everywhere. <laughs> sorry. Get guaranteed Wi-Fi in every room or money back with Sky Broadband Superfast. So reliable, it's minion-proof. Sky, believe in better. Requires Sky Broadband Boost and Sky Kit in fibre areas only. Speeds vary by location. Minimum 3 megabits or refund on boost component of subscription paid during current minimum term up to date of claim. See sky.com slash guarantee. Russell Brand. Radio X. Yes. You are listening to Russell Brand on Radio X. That's what it's come to. Whatever you have been and whatever you hope you might be one day, in this moment you abide with us, me or us. Matt Morgan sat across the way, curried chips round his lips. Curried chips? What do you call them then? Spicy um, chips. I think they're called... What are they called? I don't know, they're from Five Guys. And they're delicious. No, Matt, stop <laughs> trying to get an endorsement from Five Guys. With us too is a man who understands the rhythm of words, the resonance, the potency, the poet, Mr G. You right, G? I'm good. It's very good to see you. You yep, look well, you look you handsome, too. man. We try our best. You are a fine-looking crew. Now I have to introduce him because he's the subject of so much correspondence for the Radio X show. It's our producer, Gareth... Who's yes. become a kind of unwitting sex object, an inadvertent Elvis Presley, an accidental Bieber, Gareth Roy, the focus of so much email attention and sexual avarice. It's, it's, it's interesting. How are you feeling, Gareth? Well, I'm a bit nervous. <laughs> <laughs> so awkward with that intro. I am. Was it? Yeah, he this did. He looked very role. uncomfortable. I'm in the shadow. I'm like you. No, used listen, to be, Matt. right? Matt used to be in the shadows. He's come out of the shadows, and now Gareth. Cold there in them shadows. It's, it's cold there in there. I've never been. I don't like the sound of it at all. <laughs> okay, so they're there. Now, over the course of the next two hours, we'll have 18 minutes of adverts. You'll listen out carefully for those. There'll be six songs. That's what we're aiming for. Sometimes we don't get there because some of us like to talk about themselves. Uh, there's a man coming on called Mark Niemirko. He's a celebrity party planner because, of course, as you know, there will soon be. The the Matt Morgan Appreciation Society event. I believe it's due to take place on August the 11th. The day after my birthday. Perfect time to appreciate Matt Morgan. So. Are you going to be, how old are you going to be? 40. Wow, we're going to have a 40. I'll probably be a little bit shaky. 
mm. from the shock of that. Yeah, what are you doing for your 40, if anything? Nothing, really. I think I'm just going to go for dinner with the wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. That's the life like he lives. You don't like it when it's your birthday either, do you? I Mind don't you, like your that. Your 40th birthday ended up in a food fight. Did it now? Oh, yeah. Remember that, that restaurant? I do remember Nothing it being... Nothing to do with us. No, it was a sort of an assault, really, wasn't it? It was like we were having quite, quite a pleasant evening. And, and then a big, huge lump of cake hit someone in the face. <laughs> I think you got quite badly hurt. I remember seeing you vengefully pick up a carrot and hurl it like it was a Scud missile. Oh, I, I had to go home with cake all in my hair. I felt bad for the people that worked at that place. And I'm not a person that agrees with that kind of decadence and hedonism. Anyway. Yeah, because it was, it was downstairs in the basement. So yeah. they would've, we would have all left and then they would have gone downstairs and just seen a huge mess. And I don't yeah. like to find myself cast in the role of a person that's disrupted a basement, not after everything I've been through in life. Um, well, this is a pre-recorded show, so you can't communicate with us live, but you can send us stuff and we'll probably use it over the coming weeks. Feet us at Radio X or old Rusty Rockets. He's got you in his pocket. Communicate with him, give him you know, just a lot of attention, really. Okay, so um, there's a lot of things to talk about on, on the show this week. We're going to talk to that party planner about the MMAs, about the Matt Morgan Appreciation Society. Well, in, a, in the sense that he's actually going to get involved, or just to. Well, maybe if you don't upset him, Matt, we could probably get him to be involved. Because my own family yes. have told me that, uh, you know, when I was clearly joking about everyone giving a pound. Yeah. They've frowned upon it. Of course they did. Because you that's... can't take personal donations. Yeah. Of course you can't. Those people, yes, as unethical. if the MMAs are in some way vulnerable. The MMAs, or the weird. very fact that their choice of who to appreciate suggests a deep vulnerability. <laughs> in me. that those pounds have been well earned. It's a terrible cry for possibly well earned by someone else and oh, received like in them. the form of I've, benefits. I love them, the MMAs, mental health benefits would be my guess. <laughs> people well, that's that why I'm going to spend them on <laughs> sit. By their free bar, gas fire, gas fire. Even my bars, idea to make merch has been frowned upon by my family. Mate. They think it's robbery. You can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and mammon. If you want to serve the Lord, you've got to give up on all these silly dreams of making a living. Silly, <laughs> silly dreams. Also, we're going to be talking to a lady that calls herself Becky Priestley. There's a picture of her here. She's responded very powerfully to the... Um, Objectify Gareth Roy item that's growing in um, momentum. She's she wants to help to turn him into an object, not to appreciate appreciate him on the level of flesh. Also, we'll be working out once for all what came first, matter or spirit. Was, did spirit precede matter, or did some form of matter become conscious? That's over the next two hours. We'll be working out those things, and I think at some point we should probably address the fact that. Like there's a, a there's a, a lovely story this week which I bet's been all over Radio X because it involves a brother of the show, friend of the show, beloved Noel Gallagher uh, was mistaken by Sir Mo Farah for being his own brother, which is a yes sir. We says Sir Mo Farah here on this yeah, image I'm looking at. Why oh. not knight him? He's enough fast, and right, he darts around. Yeah, well, listen, there's a photograph that Mo Farah tweeted. And uh, he said, here I am with my brother, here I am chilling with my boy Liam Gallagher at a U2 concert in Twickenham. And there is Mo Farah standing next to Noel Gallagher, of course. But in the background, looking very much like a man sort of who's out looking for UFOs on a pickup truck <laughs> with a sawn-off rifle over his shoulder, calling people boy while rubbing their gums, is Matt Morgan. Well, look, can I, in my defence, right? Yes. Not that I need to defend that. Well... I, ju- I think I just had my picture. I did a selfie with Mo, right? Yeah. And he drifted back, and he probably just thought, that's who I'm really after. You Liam think- Gallagher, stroke Noel. Right? Yeah. But 
when that was happening, I did funny things in the background. I meant to do that. It doesn't look like it, mate. It looks like you've been caught unawares. You're saying you meant to do that I look face. I am terrified. No, and I also did a... You look ooh, terrified of life. Face ...that they haven't used. Where's that? That looks like the sort of photograph that's, I, I think, you know, like, uh, could be attached to a terrible news story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looks like you've you got, like, a remote control in your hand. Yeah, that's my iPhone. And it's, All right. And it's still on, I think, the picture of me and Mo Farah. So there you are, populating. And, and what's interesting, Matt, is, well, that you were a man who had to be coaxed by, you know, the staff, the team, yes. the squad of this radio show to get an interview on Instagram. But you've since got so much into it that you've been bothering Jason I've Donovan. I've never done a selfie with anyone famous. And then in you my leapt life. straight in with Jason Donovan, which is Jason in the way. Jason Donovan saw him, got That's him. the bullseye of selfies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like you know, like Jason Donovan was present at the U2 Stroke Noel concert, and you saw, you said you were standing near him, and you know, what I and you said troubled him without irony or anything. Go on, Jason, I love you. Can I get a selfie? Bang, did it. Why have you become this? What's oh, happened no. to the person that because you were? There's pressure on you to pr- provide content. Is that you feel that pressure? You um, feel yeah. I've got to provide I've content got, I've got now. To keep these guys happy. Is that what you say? You're there and you see Jason Donovan and you immediately you're like um you're like a sleuth or you're like yeah, a, oh, I've got to like, get a scoop, yeah. got to get inside I've track. Honestly, looked at that sort of thing going on for years and just thought oh, these people are foolish. Yeah, you've and been very sneering about it. You've always been like a like you know that the social media generation has turned us into content providers. That all of us are running our own little magazines. We're all desperate for the approval of others. And you've gone in there like the most zealous, like 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 a crusader after yeah. the after uh, after self. The problem is, I need to, because there has been some talk in the past of me having a moon face, especially when I met Slash. Well, that's going to be replaced with psycho face now. (laughs) (laughs) Now you've been captured, looming behind Samo. But like, um, yeah, when you do, when I do the selfie now, I'm very aware that because it's my hand holding the phone, I need to move my head back. What do you do? You pull your chin in. Well, I look like I'm. A giant meeting tiny little bean-headed people. That's right. Yeah, like a bean. Yeah, and that's not what who I am, baby. That's not who you are at your core. We all know that. But like, so yeah, what did you do with J- Jason Donovan? You troubled him. Was JD he- just saw him, and it, he was there at U two. And what I thought was that is a man who doesn't take a day off because he was there up on a sort of like he'd, he'd, we were in the middle of the crowd in this sort of like penned off area mm. where the sound no, the mixer is right mm. mixing desk. And he was sort of stood up on something and he was singing it out to the crowd like as if he was a sort of sub gig of U2. He was doing his own parasite gig within the U2 oh, gig. Hey, let's not use the P word. <laughs> he was like a flea on a dog's back <laughs> doing his own U2 gig kind there. Of, yeah, and then, but then a lot And then of you were on him doing yeah. your own magazine. Oh, no. And then now we're doing this to you. So what is reality? Where are the delineations? Where are the boundaries? Ultimately, one finds a oneness when you find when you connect the neurological reality of mental activity to who the physical you, reality. If there was people like who would you if you met them? Yeah, because I saw Jimmy Page once in Soho, and I didn't go up to him. Now mm. I'd be all over. You'd be all over Page, even if you? he said no, I'd do it. You'd be his little Page boy, wouldn't you? Oh. You'd be around out to be who were collars and cuffs, <laughs> to collars and cuffs. He's a bike, just a normal bike. What do you want him to be doing? Worshiping the devil? Yes. Drinking blood. Frankly. Well, he can't, um, can he? He's no, but who would chap. you? Like, if you, like, there must be someone that would bother for a selfie. That you would go, I've got to get a photo with that person. Who would it be? I've bothered a lot of people over the years, as you know. Uh, I think um, mostly it's footballers. I generally speaking try not to trouble people. I try to just let them carry on with their own lives yeah. unimpeded. Don't judge me on that. <laughs> I don't think I would have bothered Donovan. But I did, I, who did I bother? I bothered someone quite recently for a selfie, I think. But I didn't put it up. Oh, 
Well, I saw the boxer Amir Khan, but he asked for the selfie. I took one on my own phone, but I've never, I've not put it up on my thing because I like my Twitter feed to be occupied by images of you in the background of some Mo Farah <laughs> and Liam Gallagher. That's what occupies my social media stream. You, yeah, who? There's got to be someone. Some Pope, spiritual the Pope, person. Dalai Lama. Dalai Lama, you can put your arm around <laughs> I've him. I've met him. I've met Dalai Lama. I, I gave him some home truths. I goes, no, 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 mate. Come on, come on. You're being too cheerless. Give what us a grin. Obama. Nah. Yes. You no would. way. Because I don't. I see. I see him as the larvae that begat Trump. That's. What, you know, I would say <laughs> that you can't have a distinction between. Uh, uh, you don't get Trump without Obama. Right. You don't okay. get Trump without a. Obama. It's a controversial opinion, but it's mine, and I'm saying it now on the wireless, and no one can yeah, stop me, or well, people can. If you met him, though. Well, I'd be right excited. You, you, you might be right, because I've got the idea that he's actually very personable, very yeah, likeable. And the other day, I was doing a stand-up comedian show. I was playing the part of the stand-up comedian, and uh, it, was at, it was called Rebirth, and I was in Grimsby. And I liked it very much. They were very touchy. I was doing some accents, right? right I was like, hey, up, type accent. They went, we're not from Yorkshire! We're, from, we're Lincoln. I mean, hold on a minute. I'm just doing a generic northern accent. What quality of accent do you want? I mean, like, Yorkshire was just across the Humber, about bloody 100 yards away. How particular do they want my prejudice and bigotry to be? <laughs> like Kent and Essex, isn't it? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. we're from Suffolk different... Suffolk and Norfolk. ...sound basically the same. We do sound the same, yes. Like right. Liam and Noel, basically the same. It's an easy mistake at a mecca. By Mo Farah. So, like, uh, I was up there at Grimo, and uh, I was doing <laughs> this amazing thing. Like, you know, I do surveys. People will, in the audience feel a survey. One person under the question, what moment are you most ashamed of, had put, I once had a Chinese meal with Jimmy Savile. So, naturally, I'm like, well, where's this dude? Like, and I went to track him down. And, like, while the camera was searching him, because the camera puts up on screen what's going on, we, like, someone at the front near where I was standing goes, um... There's Kevin Clifton off Strictly Come Dancing, one right, of the dancers, right? right? You He's know like, that because you've been there. And because I like Strictly Come Dancing. Really? I've always liked it. There's something about... I'll tell you what I like about it. There's a number of things. One, I think... It, well, firstly, dancing... Those dances follow the same template as pornography. That's basically it. There's a, there's a set-up. Right. There's a set... Right, e.g., let, me give, you a, yeah. let me give you a case study. Let me give you a case study. Woman dressed as librarian... Dancer dances over, she takes off her glasses in that oh but you're beautiful way, unswells her hair, and then a big erotic rumba takes place. So there's sort of this concealed eroticism. And do you act as though you're watching pornography, and we know what that means, don't we? No, I don't do that. But what I enjoy is that something in such a mainstream medium is so loaded. And then there's the judges. That's always, that's very fraught and intense. It's so layered. Like, the, as a traditional entertainment format, there's so much in it. I'd never be able to go on it because, well, one, to go on terrible dancer. Two, don't like to be judged in public. I'm too sensitive and too emotional. And also, three, you've got a completely warped vision of the show. You think it's about pornography. Yes, that's a problem. But that's because What's I'm a the, postmodernist. Yeah, is, well, well, Kevin Clifton's always been one of my most favourite dancers. I love him. He's right, like when right. me and my girlfriend talk about who would you most like to teach you dancing. I always say Kevin Clifton. He's personable. He's sweet. He's boyish. He's lovely. He's married to a lovely Spanish woman, I believe. He's a very cool guy. Anyway, he's there in the audience, and I go, right. I'm like, "Oh my god, it's Kevin Clifton!" And I was very, very excited. Perhaps like when you saw Jason Donovan. Except there's no irony or no sort of scope on it. It's just a genuine. Oh, oh my god, ironic, were you being ironic? Yeah. So that means there's no sincere pull towards Jason. No, Mo Farah wasn't ironic. I that was genuine emotion, uh, genuine yeah. appreciation. What is it that's the difference between... Right, so hang on, who had the dinner with Jimmy Savile? 
well, just some poor lad. For, unfortunately, we got distracted before I could investigate what the circumstances were. I asked him how old he was when he had it, and he said he was as an adult, and all it was was a Chinese meal. And obviously, the, we only learned about Jimmy Sadfield posthumously, didn't we? When yes. he was alive, he was just always a bit of a weird warlock guy, wasn't he? That's yeah. frankly all he was. And all of us, you know, wouldn't were hardly staggered by the well, revelation. on our radio show once when someone was having a Chinese meal with him. An Indian, yeah. that was. It was oh, he having right. an Indian in Sheffield. Someone mm. texted us and goes... When we were I mean, live on the radio and said, he's here. I'm in an that. Indian with Jimmy Savile. Do you want me to get him? And then we called up that Indian. Yeah. And bloody, they got Jimmy Savile on the phone. I mean, it was sort of No, they weird. took their phone over. But then, Did they? I yeah. thought, no, but I can remember talking to someone at the Indian. I can remember talking to a brother. Yeah, you know, it's a good yeah. it would come in sometime type of guy. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I don't know what the provenance with the Jimmy Savile thing was, but I do know that me and Kevin Clifton got up on that stage and he taught me some dance moves, like some hip swirls. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much. I think you should go on the show. Go and Strictly Come Dance. Although there's the curse of Strictly. What happened? What do you mean? What's the curse? What is the curse? It's bad for people's relationships because as you have possibly rightly pointed out there's, but there's a sexual, sexual element, subtext there's a sexual, sexual subtext dancing. It, it is about sexual tension without sexual tension you've got no dancing there's no point in dancing it's ritualized sex it's uh it's se- <laughs> sex with your clothes on that's what i call strictly come dancing all right we're going to have some adverts now we're going to be talking a little more about the matt morgan appreciation society we're going to be summarizing everything in poetry but have you ever wondered what it is that's missing deep down inside of you there's some vacancy some void some yearning some longing as you sit on this Sunday looking out into a barren world. Could this be the answer? Radio X. Russell Brand. That was the Arctic Monkeys out of the back of an advert. Ugh. <laughs> 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 Sounded awful, didn't it? What an awful, despicable thing to describe. Now um, we'll be talking about party planning a little bit later. We'll be talking about whether or not I'll become a professional dancer or not. What I did like about that, uh, Kevin Clifton, is when he was walking down the stairs towards the stage, I goes, come up, Kevin, you all right doing this? And he went, I'm a bit pissed there. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was really nice how he Aww. sort of said it. I really liked him. He was lovely. And the dancing. I mean, Does dancing he move is beautiful. Like a dancer, is he sashay? He walked down the stairs with an elegance and a land and a kind of a grace. But when he turned on that hip pirouation, by God, it was beautiful. Mm. Like, and I thought, oh, how he's doing that is absolutely amazing. That's the other thing I like about Strictly Come Dancing, somewhat prosaically, is the dancing. The dance, like, you think, oh my God, look at this. It's amazing, this dance. Like, you know, the professional ones are so good at it. I'm a big fan of it. Which, and I know what it represents. It represents a kind of utopia. People write about it in the media. It's a, it's a timeless world. It's a world outside of problem that no one ever mentions current affairs or anything. You know what I mean? It's a, a little bubble. It's retro, it's retro, isn't it, as well? Somewhat. But, like, yes, it is. And now uh, Marx will say that the end of days is characterised by pastiche parody nostalgia you know like we like things lose their sense of origin since things lose their sense of newness and nowness and become instead a kind of self-conscious mimicking of that which has gone before so i don't know i don't know about old marks i don't know what do you think of this good old marks that's what i've got to say okay let's uh so you know, I, like my nan would used to tell me that they'd go to dances right mm. and <clears throat> they'd be like the boys at one side and the girls at the other side and that was like a courtship ritual mm. right I feel like that's you like that should it. come back. I'd bit. like it because, like, instead, like, I mean, we've joked about this, but like, you don't go, oh yeah, I'm, I saw some bird on Tinder, and then I went down the club. You know, it's all sort of, it's mm. not. There's no like, you can't imagine as a grandparent telling your. Well, then I met your granddad, didn't I, on I Tinder? I swiped and left. 
I thought, right. yes, oh, I don't mind if I do, you know, and then we've, we've met up at a Weatherspoons and it's all kicked off. Some fellas tried to glass your granddad. <laughs> well, then we went out and we scored a little bit. There's two of each in those days, take you up, get you back down again the next morning, ain't it? I mean, now we know drugs are bad, but it was fun back then. Well, then, of course, what we've done is we've gone home, we've had a little go to PlayStation. I was playing Assassin's Creed, and he's got the wandering eyes. I mean, yeah, that's weird, isn't it? I mean, uh, I dropped me car. That's a lovely moment out of Ponderland uh, that I used to be on, which we all worked on together as a little team. That's so adorable. Neil is telling us that um, Becky, one of the many women and men in Great Britain that want to objectify Gareth Roy, is on the line. And what Neil has created, and his job as a producer, what he's produced is on a sort of what looks like um, one of them uh, kitchen roll napkins, like you used to advertise, Matt. Do you remember that when there was you dressed up as a woman? Uh, you did. And and on it, he's drawn like an arrow, as if like I'm tracking a Native American in a peculiar monochrome world. Like it's a weird little black arrow on a bit of foil. I'd like to see a photograph of that on my Twitter feed. I think pointing that says more about Jason you Donovan. than Neil. Why? Well, the other day, there was you had used half a nut to... <laughs> denote the uh, mic that I was on. <laughs> Can you see why that well, would no, be an imprint? Another in- time, he chewed the end of a banana when I put Bananas? the banana there. Nuts? Yeah. See, I'm denoting you with fruity. <laughs> Instead of just remembering he's on mic four. I don't like numbers. They're useless. What you want is a... Ch- food. <laughs> that you won't want to question what I use, won't you? Because uh, uh, when it's G's mic, I use a copy of Khalil Gibran's The Prophet. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, <laughs> bit of banana. Speak to us of love. <laughs> Talking of bananas, you remember when yes, I did mate. that? I know there's a caller on the line. I want to retry that banana thing. That I you want to break the record? The you want to break the yeah, record, I nearly got in there. You want a piece of me? <laughs> I nearly got in it. You, you were so... Matt Morgan, in the past, and let's face it, it was better there, was so close to, to being in the Guinness yeah. Book of Records because yeah. it's like yeah. you only How have to eat nine bananas in ten minutes, isn't it? I did something close. and also, He was close. He was going to do it, and then he was sick, and he let down I Britain. I wasn't sick. He let it down Britain. my mouth. <laughs> that's more. That's less dignified, and I think you were sick. And not being able to contain a banana within the walls of your own face is, I think, that's a line lo- banana. Lo- thank you. And also, this is how I've got an idea. Those were quite. They were <laughs> like a ten-year-old. No, I've got. Also, I've got an idea. It's uh, to do with that banana. Those bananas were too like. They were just ripe. I want like it's mushy. They, yeah, mushy banana. Like a baby's I banana. I know I could. Also, you could probably get those little ones that the monkeys have in the zoo. No, See those there ones? Was, there was rules. Like the man, there was a man there from the Guinness Book of Records. I know. I'm sick of the it. men. I'm sick of those Guinness Book Book of Records officiators. I'm seeing them crop up everywhere. They were on a blazer and chinos. I've seen one on X Factor or Strictly Go Dancing one week, and they like going, "Oh, this person's doing a record," and they really enjoy the power. They really enjoy the petty you officialdom. You need the adjudication. Why don't we just start our own record books, man? Who's the jazziest, sexiest radio DJ in the world? It'd have to be old Russ. And who is the handsomest producer? By the evidence placed before us, it is Gareth Atticus Spartacus Winkatus Ray. And on the phone now, we've got a woman that I would say is right up his alley. She's, I mean, if like, now everyone will tell you looks aren't important, but we know they are. And here's Becky Priestley, who is good looking. Are you there, Becky? Hi guys, you're right. Oh, you're nice and you're sweet and you're from Bradford. Now, what is it that's drawn you to um, Gareth Roy? Well, it was a couple of weeks ago. I heard on the podcast that you said Gareth looks a little bit like the Man United goalkeeper, David De Gea. Yes, yes. So, as, as a bit of a fan myself, I thought, I'm going to have a look at this. 
Yes. So, did a bit of stalky stalking, did a bit of looking. Stalking. I found him stalking. and I thought, hmm, he's not bad. Oh. He part. does look like David De Gea. Now, does it not concern you, Becky Priestley, you are what would be described in the modern Western European narrative as an attractive woman. Does it not bother you that you are objecting Gareth Roy, only judging him on the basis of his physical appearance, not his very nuanced character, which I know well, includes a great deal of sensitivity, a great deal of depth, uh, poetry and doubt. Do you, do you not think it's superficial to judge him like that or do you not think that that's a problem? No. Oh, bloody hell, mate. <laughs> no, it isn't. She's got to, you've got to judge them on something first, and that draws you yeah. in. And then, if well, love blossoms... Honest, I think if you look at Russell's little circle that he has around him of people... Got back, of people? Look at Russell's little circle. <laughs> you leave my little circle alone. Is he a blonde? Yeah, go on. Do you listen to my little circle? Go on. What's that, oh, Becky? And I think you're only going to have really nice, genuine people around you. So She's flattering me. Yeah. She's flattering well, me. She's getting one. me on good, side. Good, clever. Good Very yeah. clever, that, because you know me. I'm vain. I'd if say, someone flatters me, naive. I'll follow them to the end of the world. Very oh, very smart, that, Becky. OK, so you, because he's a friend of mine, he must be a great guy. I see your logic, yeah. and if I understand. If he up with you... He must be a Tolerant. nice guy. <laughs> mean. That's what she's saying. What a mean interpretation. No, she's saying I'm a brilliant judge of character and the people that surround me, my coterie, you honourable knights of this modern-day Camelot, we that will one day march forward and reveal the true mystery, the crucible of greatness and oneness that lies beneath the ephemeral world. He must be a nice fella. Now, let's see if there's any chemistry between you and Gareth in a potentially humiliating and dangerous item called a man having a chat with a woman on the phone. Go on, Gareth. See what we can do. What well, are we to do? Well, just talk to Becky. Do you want to go? Do you want to? Li- do you Invite want to a dance? Take her to a dance. Hull. She's from Bradford. That's near. So much in common. Let me ask you one question, Gareth. Do you want to die alone? And, but, and I would like you to hold that question in your mind while you have this while you have this conversation. <laughs> well, we spoke the other day, and you said that we're all going to die alone anyway. You do essentially die alone, yes, because you can't bring other human beings into the realm of it's your consciousness. Right but I don't believe sails. in death. Did, did I take the wind out your sails? Take the wind out my sails. Well, but you would, between now and the passing to whatever dimension follows this limited and individualised <laughs> dimension, do you want to go out with Becky Priestley? Well, I don't know. She's I mean, beautiful. What more do you need to just know? Just talk to her, Gareth. Well, this is so awkward. Hello, Becky. I'm sorry about this. Well, actually, no, it's your fault. Right, She's called in. It's totally She's... your fault. I did apologise to Gareth on Twitter for any embarrassing cause. I should probably take a bit of ownership for Gareth's embarrassment. Yeah. But in the same token... Not really. Don't care. You need this. A brash woman. She's no nonsense. You're a Yorkshire woman, are you? You know what you like and you like what you say. You're a Yorkshire woman. Exactly. So what do you... Tell us about yourself. What do you do? Gareth... I'm I'm feeding him lines here. They're great. All right, you do it. Go on. Right, so we've got a bit of a a tick list of questions. What music are you into? (laughs) I like my rock music best. Go on, name a few bands or something. Green Day, Foo Fighters, Mm. Linkin Park... Okay, moving on. All right, yes. <laughs> that's good, though, that's Radio X listeners' music. She's on message. Are you, are you a vegetarian? Are you a vegetarian, Becky? Matt, what are your questions are boring? He's a vegetarian. <laughs> that's a big thing. They could it bond is. over that. What, vegetables? Bond over a vegetable? <laughs> that's what we bond over. That's true. We do, don't we? <laughs> right, go we on. We love celery. Am... Ask, ask the lady. Are you, but, so, Becky, are you a vegetarian? I'm not a vegetarian, oh, no. Dear. Oh dear. What I will say is when I'm out and about with Gareth, a lot of women fancy him. My girlfriend's sister, she thought he was hot stuff. Your mum? <laughs> More complex, yes, but true also. <laughs> my mother fancies Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> 
A lot of people find him very, very attractive. So, Becky, he would be a catch. But where are you living right now, Becky? I'm living at home in Bradford at the minute with my mother as I'm looking to buy my own house. That is a huge, huge black mark against you, living at home with a parent. Because oh. do you know most serial killers live at home with their parents? It's a very, it's a, it's a fact. I'm not saying you're a serial killer, but I'm saying statistically you're more likely to be one. And I hope that doesn't come across offensive because as a woman you're hardly likely to be one at all. But don't let that murky the waters of romance that are beginning to appear between you. Matt, I can see you right down to some other trivial question. What I'm is it? I'm drawing a picture now. Has your confidence been destroyed? No, well, do you know why I switched off slightly? Go on. London to Bradford, long-distance relationship. London to Bradford is a good title for a romantic novel. From London to Bradford, (laughs) Gareth Roy's journey to the love of Becky Priestley. What's what's, uh, equidistant? What's that? Birmingham. You're going to meet him somewhere dreadful. No offence if you're in Birmingham. (laughs) 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 Everyone's reaction. (laughs) Crikey. Oh, listen, Becky, I don't know. Are you going to come down here... Come down here. Come down, come here, down here. Just to sort of well, have a drink. I'll go along. And well, well, I mean, I oh, that's a better idea. How about you come to Matt's event? Hold on, she's got something to say. Oh, yes. I have a little bit of a, a proposition for Gareth. Yes, go on. Ooh. Go on. He'll do it. To the Matt Morgan Appreciation Society. Yeah, there you go. So I am a member of the Matt Morgan Appreciation Society. And mm, she I might be mentally you. unstable. <laughs> she's got I good taste. She's an idiot. Ago, and I was wondering, I've spoken to the higher powers that be within the group, and They're I've got powers. approval to ask Gareth if he would like to attend the meetup as well. Well, I'll definitely be there. He's obligated professionally yeah. to attend, Becky, no, but he means and he'll I'll be busy be there now. I'll definitely be there now. Listen, this Thank Matt Morgan Appreciation Society sex fest that you guys are trying to set up, this Caligulan, the orgy of excesses, has got to be hemmed in. It's out of watch. So you're saying date Gareth while he's busy working producing a Matt Morgan Appreciation he's not Society. It. <laughs> he's there to What's appreciate. He's, gonna appreci- he's not an appreciator. <laughs> he is. He's not, are you in it? You're not in it. I'm not in it. Now, who's going to join that club? It's Listen, a club for the mentally I'm, ill. I'm, not that like everyone would be mentally ill. And if you are mentally ill, you, we know you're listening. And in fact, we I welcome like you. Like I'm mentally idea. ill myself and I love you. I like this idea because I will no longer be the most awkward man there. <laughs> That's a good idea. We have found a new fathom of awkwardness because king and queen of the Matt Morgan Appreciation Society is Gareth and Becky, and that's why they're wearing these sparkly ice skater comp clothes, like ice skaters, all sparkly. I'd, I'd like, like a moment Torval where and everyone Dean. forms a circle. Yes. Yeah. And it claps like that, and then you two dance. Kevin Clifton will choreograph this. And fast. Like Footloose. Yeah. Kevin will will choreograph it. And there's a big, dirty dancing lift at the end. Uh She lifts you. I've been waiting for so long. (laughs) There's a moment. Well, anyway, look, Becky, let's just be frank. Is this just about sex, or are you looking for a relationship? Both. Bloody hell, mate, you want to get involved with this. All right, Becky, thanks for coming on the line. And uh, Gareth, if I was you, I'd just, uh, this is, it's a strong yes from me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a strong dragon. Yes from me. I'm in. G's in. We're in. All right, right I, Becky, I, I thanks for coming on the line. I like Becky. I think she yeah, knows around I like line. Becky. She's confident. Cool. She's an independent woman. All the women independent, throw your hands up in the air. Now, like I told you as a man. Okay, that, that there was Gareth Roy dating. It sounds like Becky and Gareth at the MMAs. That's right, Becky, in it? You're going to be at the MMA's, yeah, you're going to date Gareth there. And I use the word... Amazing. Well done. Well done, Becky. Thank you for Brilliant. coming on the show.
All right, well, that was that. That was that, and that's that. And that's all that was, wasn't it? Hmm? Mm. Didn't they? Four. Make Britain great, shall we? Liberated woman, was they? Didn't it? Four. Do hmm? Both. Don't mind if I do. Yeah. Okay then. Now listen. When I was a girl, I always knew that adverts would be my future. How wrong I was. How wrong I was. <laughs> Radio. Ah, Majesty, your late father was, of course, a fan of royal blood that ran through his veins like thick crimson wine and often, particularly on late autumn nights, would rise up in him, creating a fever, and fueled by this, the two of us would stalk the corridors of Hampton Court, reaching at the final moment into our back pockets where we knew snugly would be seated an emery board, and tracking down one of the hounds of the castle, we'd grip it by its shoulders, ignoring its yelps. Then your late father, Majesty, would hold the cur to the floor, as I would file, slowly at first and then rather aggressively, until it was filed across in a neat visible cross-section revealing a series of cells like larvae and within each one a universe was revealed majesty a universe like the one we inhabit now god bless you mum got an email here from a lad okay. called T- hello you right there how long is that going to go on for probably forever i'm looking at expanding that out into its own miniseries <laughs> <laughs> old russ plays winston churchill that's right, That's I've got right. to the heart of the matter. So, um, I've got an email here from a young man. This is from Simon. Hey, Russ, Matt, G, Gareth, an Irish lady, and Neil. Go include Neil, because he's here too. He's Irish the one that drew that arrow. Jen. Oh, yeah, that's know, racist. That's racist. <laughs> that's not racist. Isn't it? Racism. But. Wait, second. Hold up. Whoop, whoop. Don't panic. Don't panic, Mr. Bannerin. Anyway, whoever you are and whatever you want, this is Simon. I know you've got a tattoo on your finger inspired by Carl Jung. You don't know nothing about my fingers, mate. What about the third finger on my left hand? What's it doing there? Shaking like is a it little Carl leaf. Jung? Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yep, that's the Kundalini serpent rising up. What Matt Morgan wants cruelly coldly and correctly described as a snake dragging a handbag. Now, that was a hurtful moment. <laughs> what, my old, old kundalini snake? Well, I think you have before, haven't you? I think it's out there. Yep, snake dragging a handbag, Matt said. But it's actually the coronated serpent. Our reptilian energies can Did become you, divine done, through practice. Some tattooists won't do your fingers and your hands. Why? Unless you're heavily tattooed. Weren't they? No. Well, mine was done by the wonderful great man that's off Shamrock Tattoos. He went his name again. Hey, Daddy-o. He's from the 50s. Yeah. Why is that name not in my brain anymore? Where's that gone? He does Johnny Depp's. He's done Sarkovsky, President of France. He's done a whole host of Mexican gangsters. Hey, what's up, man? Okay. So what you just said, how did you... Is there a meaning behind it being on the finger? Is that part of the meaning? I couldn't think where else to do it, but to tell you the truth, I didn't know it was going to be like this. And the, the, the finger <laughs> tattoo of all of my tattoos is the one that's caused me the most pain and distress, physically and emotionally. I woke up in the night going, Going, oh no, I've done that tattoo on my hand. I do that with all my tattoos. Tattoo doubt, tattoo guilt, tattoo, what is it? Regret. Regret. Do you, mate? Yeah, well, not now, because you go blind to them after a while, don't you? Mm. But every single time I've gone, I don't even like that. I don't, yeah, my it's funny, isn't it? At me. I'm not someone who should get tattoos, but then I do. Why? Because you don't like commitment. Well, I don't mind commitment, it's just like, yeah. Yeah, mine was done by the great Mark Mahoney. Many say the finest yeah, tattooist yeah. in the in the world. He's done most of my tattoos except for the West Ham one on the back of my arm. There, that was done by 
well, it was done during a different period in old Russ's life, very much defined by marital commitments, as it were. Mm, enigmatic, enigmatic, eh? But I love them hammers, and I love Mark Mahoney, and I love my Kundalini tattoo. Let's continue with this email. You must be aware about this whole introvert-extrovert theory. I bring it up because you're always pushing poor old Matt out of his comfort zone. Sometimes I push him in his comfort zone. <laughs> By making him talk to guests when he doesn't want to, or be a best man, or interview you for something in Scotland. He's clearly <laughs> the dictator. <laughs> Which i doing. I want you to interview me for something in Scotland. What? Don't know yet. Doesn't matter. Could be anything. Just get up there and interview me in Scotland. It's actually the TV Awards. It's the TV Quick Awards. <clears throat> no, it's not. It's the Alternative McTaggart Lecture. Because I thought it was the McTaggart Lecture and I looked up online and it's like Armando Iannucci. And so like what? Do- what, because we didn't go to school? Because we grew up in the streets? <laughs> Because <laughs> I learned my boxing now, boy. Street fights, bare knuckle boxing. Anyway, I'm doing on it. On a traveller site. <laughs> yeah, go on, I'm doing it. I'm going to interview you about TV. We'll have to prep for it. Do you mean television or do you mean transvesticism? Because I'm pretty good on both. A bit of both. <laughs> no, we are. We're going to do it. But like, are you listen. You better do it well, because if you don't want to do it, don't, don't do it. Pressure upon me. Because I could get. I said I didn't want to do it, and you said that you, I, you guilted me into doing it. I could get it. James. What's his name that does things? James O'Brien. Or I could get um, Donovan, Jason, <laughs> to do it. So if you want to do it, I said get David Baddiel. I don't want you getting loud. I know, but David Baddiel doesn't like being asked for things after I've already asked you, because he says it's diminishing and demeaning. All right, and I think Me he's got a point. Yes, you specifically. He said, "I'm not some substitute." I reckon Morgan. I wasn't even the first right. to be asked. I you actually was. You actually was. Oh no, there was a bit where what? they goes. There was a bit where where they goes. Jimmy Carr could do it. I goes, "Oh yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good." And then I started thinking about like, who would you like to do it? And there was a list of people to do it. Like, and it was like the sort of people that do those sort of things. And mm. I went, "I don't like. What about if Matt done it?" And they went, Matt, we'll ask the McTaggart people. And they went, oh, yeah, all right, ask Matt then. And then I thought, I asked Matt. And then I immediately began to think, oh, no, Matt's going to turn this into a nightmare. He'll say that we'll, we'll travel up on the train together. He'll go, this is mate, I've got to get drunk before I can do it. He'll sluice down a, like a bloody I great wouldn't. olive oil bottle full of cider well, or something. I'm not doing it now. You are. I'm not doing it. What do you mean? You Don't can you want to? There with a face drawn on a balloon that you have to voice. Well, people might not be able to tell the difference. Stick <laughs> Mo Farah in the foreground. People are thinking that it's a recreation of your best weekend out. <clears throat> Listen, well, well, I'm going to grill you. I'm going to grill you. Grill you. Go on in. So, have a practice grilling right now. Just the creator of some of these dumbest, meaningless <laughs> pieces of television. Which bits oh, were dumb? Like, all of it. What other specifically? I remember the first review of you on Big Brother. What did it I say? Often tell you, brand. Russell Brand, comma, a nervous pest of a man. (laughs) (laughs) Before he's famous, that's how he was (laughs) summarised. That person was insecure because of my potent sexual energy. I bet if you look it up... It's a signifier. It's a signifier, that. Pest, a pest like a wasp. Actually, he's got a lot of power. (laughs) What he's saying is... Yeah, I'm like a little black and yellow sky patrol, and I'll sting you to a new dimension. Hold on. Yeah, but that person... Listen, there is no objective reality. People are just responding to their own inner constellations of angst. It's funny. That person was reviewing his own... To be Genesis. a pest, you'd have some confidence. To a, to be a nervous pest is a lovely image. It's quite actually, it's actually it's beautiful. Funny, isn't it? It's a very funny idea. The nervous pest. I'd like to look up that review, and then I'll find out who done it, and then I'll do whatever I can to destroy them. <laughs> now, <laughs> and let me tell you, I'm a, a bitter man with time on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, go on. Right, so go on. Do your interview then. You're so oh, so far, you've it. had a go at me. That's right, out of order. You, what else have you done on TV? Rebrand. Very funny. Documentaries. Good, yeah. wasn't it? 
Well, troubling. Yeah. I think, I think what's more interesting is all the things that didn't get on TV. What, was, like? Well, do you want me to say? The Little Ends, for example. Well, that, Brilliant. I was involved in that. What other things fact, didn't go on telly? The Raelians, the Littlands. The thing where a lady... Oh, whoa, that was deep. Oh, I thought that was brilliant, was actually. Deep, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I say you take the risk, you've prepared to lose your kettle. That, look, what we done was, that was actually very experimental and brilliant, I thought. that. Yes, I stand that was, by that yeah. piece of work where you and I went down to Folkestone and I dressed up as an adult baby and I got slapped about by a carpet beater and I wet myself in a nappy. Then you filmed me doing some wasp name with her and she tipped cow and wax all over me and put pegs all over my body parts, the most intimate ones. Then we filmed it and then sent it into Channel 4 addressing individual commissioning editors by name. <laughs> Well, there was a C close-up of me in the nud going, you want risky, you want, here's your edgy, here's your risky. We at that point wasn't working on television. So for me, that's that's a confident move. That's The thing is, sadomasochism, if you're not actually a sadomasochist, is just bloody, bloody hurts. Like, you've got to be a sadomasochist, otherwise you're just getting wax tipped on you. Oh, and that's no it fun. Painful. It really, really hurts. I'm not a sadomasochist. I'm not into it. Like I don't. <clears throat> I mean, if you are, that's your thing, man. I like, but like uh, being tied up, being hurt. Yeah, I just <laughs> for me, that's what my life is anyway. What being tied up and hurt? Just emotionally, just emotionally. All right, so that's that one bit of the McTaggart Look, interview done. What's next? Well, we don't want to blow it all before. I mean, we probably people are cancelling their tickets right now. <laughs> <laughs> Left and right, people are booking and rescheduling their holidays. No, let's not let's not waste it now. But that's anyway, brilliant. what I'm going to say is, you're going to grill me. Yeah. Well, it's about you. It's about TV. So it's not just about just things TV. you've been involved in. It's like, what do you like watching? And then uh, you'll say, strictly come dancing. Yep. And then go on about how it's pornography for people who are too shy to look on the internet or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, I'm just saying, there's primal energies behind all secondary phenomena. So that's a very ordinary thing these days. I love you church. Talk about church. I'm a religious man. Let me talk just finish this email, and we can on, talk then. about my numerous religions. I'm in all of them. That's like me, like Gandhi. I'm a Hindu, I'm a Christian, I'm a Muslim, I'm a Jew. I'm in all of them. And and any one of them that don't accept me, well, uh, that's down to them. Right, so uh, I'm always dragging Matt out of his comfort zone. He's the dictionary definition of an introvert. I mean, cave that cave obsession gave it right away. Good point. So if you don't want to disappoint your mate Carl Jung, stop trying to force Matt to be someone he isn't. Love you, Simon. Do you no, feel like I'm trying to force you to be someone you isn't? No, I'm going to be honest here. I think you've done me wonders. Because I do appreciate you, and I try and bring out your because, true essence. Yeah, because I think uh, you've... Like, well, I would never have been on the radio. You told me to be... That you was, you're on the radio tomorrow. That's how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go there. You know radios? Well, you're on one tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I, I was never even told about it. I was just told to go down there. And then, uh, you know, that was when we were on Six Music. I would never have put myself forward for that. Yep. And then I feel like, you know, it was a good move. I've encouraged so you, I've told you, you you're brilliant. You do have to get out of your comfort zone, because your comfort zone is, you know... It's not a nice not zone. meant to be. Might mm-hmm. not even be real. That comfort zone's probably organised due to some biochemical phenomena, yes, but certainly by childhood experience, likely traumatic and shaming experiences in your early life that have inhibited you. And you can either react against it or you can go with it. That's what I found, because I'm a very nervous pest of a man. Some <laughs> reviewers have yeah, said... But, even, but, but like, people would say your comfort zone is on stage, right, doing stand I love it. But you're terrified before you go and do it every time. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it's an amazing ritual you've got to go through. So you through. have to push yourself yeah. through that. You've got to push it real good. Because like, that is... Because, yeah, and then I'm all right afterwards. I'm all right once I'm up there. I'm happier up there, oh, I mate. can't understand how, if you do that all the time, you just... Because Noel Gallagher, I've said to him, do you get nervous? No, no. And sometimes Trying to he, 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 he would never people. say no, no. Yeah, he just... I don't think he's lying when he says he doesn't Nor do I. Nervous. I think he just doesn't care. 
He's an interesting man, and I don't think he's like us at all. So sometimes I wonder what the poetry's coming from. Like, what is it he's talking about when he says these things? What does he mean? What is he communing with? Because he's obviously a great artist and a great musician, he's but where's well, it coming yeah. from? Like Bono said, he's another Irish mo- romantic. He's an Irish so romantic. That music is not coming from the same place of, you know, that's, that's soul. Like friction and tension. It's not coming from, like, one imagines that W.B. Yeats, for example was a bit of a nervous little pest of a man. He wouldn't have been going, I ain't bomb- I'm not bothered, I'll just do Nabworth, would he? WB8, yeah. he'd have been thinking or something, wouldn't he? And Beckett, similarly, it's full a of fury. Like Bob Dylan saying that he, oh, I don't, I've never got nervous, all I get is, and then this describe nerves. Poo myself for because ages. I get this energy. Yeah, but you've got to reframe it, and that's actually what you do have to do in order to cope with it. You or maybe the recognize... outlet for all of his emotions that he hides from the world Noel. comes out in, yeah, Noel comes out in his songwriting. He can only put it into that yeah. format. That's his only way of processing it. Divining. Hmm, that's interesting. He can, he can only divine it. Okay, still to come on this show, we'll be analysing uh, Noel Gallagher or Liam Gallagher, I can't remember which one's, deepest unconscious mind, and we'll be talking to party planner Mark Nimirko, party planner Mark Nimirko, about organising Sank, the Matt Morgan Association and Appreciation Awards uh, with a... Awards? Why can't we have some awards? No. I'd love awards. Top 10 things he said, (coughs) funniest 10 things he's done, weirdest Matt moments. Come on, there's got to be some formula. Otherwise, what, we're going to stand around like a cocktail party? What are we going to do if there's no structure? Well, you're, there, is there There'll a be microphone? no structure to break. Is there a microphone? There's got to be a microphone, Jen. Well, all I'm going to say is thank you for coming. Uh, enjoy yourself. Is there, no, that's is there... when I grill you. And I am going to grill you. No. I'm going to be grilling. I'm going to grill you so hard that when people think about the word grilling and then mention George Foreman, they'll say, George Foreman got nothing to do with grills. Russell Brand grilling Matt Morgan is the only thing I can think of. That's no, the only association of grills. It is, a, it is an event where people come together, that like-minded people, <laughs> come together... And meet someone that they appreciate. <laughs> That's it. Is that the slogan? Like-minded people I'm come together and going, meet someone. You've got to write 30 minutes of hilarious stuff. You've got to do this. I don't want all that tension. Because you always do that. Do I? Ruin things like that. When? Turning them into sort of... Well, you like like you're some weird old Avon lady and you've, <laughs> you're having some Tupperware party type set up. That's what you... And it gets all stressful. I don't do that. I'm actually great. Now it's time. <laughs> that. No, I tell you what, right? It will not be. The, you think that the Matt Morgan gal, you think the Matt Morgan Appreciation Society is the inverse of the Edinburgh event? Because well, I'm going to grill him right back again. Yep. You grill well, me, I grill you. Be, be, uh, the Matt Morgan event happens first. Duh. So if you set that precedent, watch out for Edinburgh. Ooh, I won't even travel up with you. Bite. I'll be writing such vicious questions. <laughs> I'll, carriage. I'll make an announcement from the guard's van. I'll say, ding, ding, well, the gentleman sat in standard carriage. Stop writing that spiteful crap. Well, that lovely fella, right up in first class. You carry on, son. You're lovely. Now, a game was invented way back in the old days called consumerism, and everyone tried their hardest to compete. They did this primarily through stimulating desires that could never be fulfilled endlessly. It's time now for a soundscape by Brian Advert. Advert. This, this is this. Radio X. 
Russell Brand. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back on air. You're listening to Russell Brand on Radio X. Record breakers. You remember that from a kid. Maybe it was Roy Castle, maybe it was Chris Akabusi. Either way, what you do remember is records getting smashed to smithereens. Now, we ain't got no adjudicators here because we don't even believe in a guinea-wittle. We'll start, hello, But what we are going to do now is make history. People that were not yet born will regret with rueful eye that they were not present for the moment where we tried to smash the banana-eating records. Now, apparently, the pedestal stands at eight bananas peeled and eaten in a one-minute period. I say, wasn't it planning on doing this today? What do you think life is? Life's the moment. Uh, life, is <laughs> life is happening now. Life is happening right five guys now. Full up. <laughs> Mate... You're Record a breakers man now. You're a can't man. say I'm a bit full up. Well, they Do you think that Muhammad they? Ali, as he stood there before the rumble in the jungle, went, oh, that George Foreman looks a bit tasty? Of course he didn't. He got out there and he boxed himself senseless, didn't he? So mm. what I'm saying to you yeah. is, this is it. Go now on, is the moment. Some... Don't you now? Now is the perfect time. <clears throat> Right, so Matt Morgan is going to attempt... Look, um, I'm not doing it if... Uh, yeah, yeah, right. <coughs> the yeah. current record stands at eight bananas there in a one-minute period. There must be rules about the length of the banana. Some of these are massive. <laughs> don't be shy now, dear. I can't do it. And don't let it fall out your mouth like last time, because that was very humiliating for Britain. Who's currently holds the record? We are going to bring it home. We're going to bring this record home. Banana is coming home. It's coming home. It, records for bananas is coming home. It. I'm going to be sick Currently... Of look, Matt, stop moaning. You're a champion. <laughs> Currently, the record holder is Patrick Bertoletti. He's an American, Matt. Now, think of everything Americans done to Britain. Do it for England. Do it for England. From the Boston Tea Party (laughs) onward, they have disgraced the crown. They have disgraced our flag. And now, for once, for one day only, there's a bin there for you to be sick in. For one day only, (laughs) we are going to fight back. Now, we've not got no adjudicator here, but we don't need no adjudicator here. We can film this. This will be on the internet. So, Patrick Belletti... Am I allowed to separate the bananas from the... We're coming for you, boy! Yeah. Does he have to peel them first? No, you yeah. peel them during the minute. Oh, look at the size difference of these bananas. What's the problem? They're gorgeous. I'm trying to find the smallest one. Right, so I think you peel them and eat them within the one minute. Is that right? I'm so full up that I'm looking at one banana looks daunting. Oh, right, right, so Matt, all you've got to do is get nine in. And we're filming this, so I make sure the clock is visible and we'll make sure... Right, Matt, are you ready? I don't want, I'm a bit worried that if I'm sick... I've, there's more than bananas in there. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There's more than bananas in there, my five man. Five little guys. <laughs> Once that's Ten. stirred How many have up. You got to do? Have, you, have you just got to get them in your mouth? Like you've got no, to... you've got to swallow them and digest them and hold them down. Matthew, let me talk to you for a minute. How are you feeling? That's too much potassium. It might be bad for the heart. It's a great amount of potassium. Exactly the right amount of potassium. Now tell me, are you feeling okay inside? How no. do you feel on the verge of this moment? I feel that I'm, I'm literally full up. You're full so, up. So, uh, why don't we wait to You're brave show? boy. You're so brave. We'll probably have to do it again with an adjudicator anyway. You are a good man, and those of us here on the launch pad of history salute you. Brave cosmonaut, potassium-eating hero... King of the Matt Morgan Appreciation Society. Focus you are so dug. Of all you of our so dreams. <laughs> now, ladies and gentlemen, well, for your delectation on Radio X. What's my cue? I'll go. When I when I pinch the tip of my own. No, I don't. Want <laughs> no, all right. No, hold I on. I already feel sick. <laughs> when I rub my chest. No, I'll fling my arms up lustily. Just say one, two, three, go. 
All right, that could work as well. Ladies and listeners, you are listening to history. How would they have felt at those moon landings? How would they have felt when that wall came down? How would they have felt to know that the glory of God is upon us? Here we go. Eating bananas for your amusement and with my commentary. You ready, Matthew? lining them up so the big ones are last. That's very foolish. You want to eat the big ones first, don't you? No, I want to get as many... Take down the big ones, like if it was a fight against a gang, which I would never have. Punch the big one first. First day in prison, fight the big one. Yeah, first day in prison, fight the big one. That's what I would say. If bananas were conscious, they're (laughs) not going to see me eat a big banana and go, I'm only little. (laughs) Those little ones at the back, they'll just go down. They'll go right down, won't they? They'll slip down your little neck hole. I feel sick. I honestly don't feel like doing this. That's the wrong attitude for a record breaker, mate. A wrong attitude. I'm not going to be able to do Do you this. think Sir Edmund Hillary, when he stood at the foot of Everest, Stop went... Stop comparing this <laughs> to Muhammad Ali and to Edmund Hillary. Do you think This that, is an inane idea. Do you I think that Jesus Christ, <laughs> as he put that cross upon his shoulder, was like, oh, I can't do this. You know, don't forgive them, Father. They do know what they're doing. Of course he didn't. He got up there and he was nailed to that cross that we may eat bananas in his name. Now, get ready, ladies and gentlemen, listeners of Radio X. Here we go. Three, two, one... Go! He's eaten it. He's unpeeled the first banana with it. A beautiful adept ease. He's taken the first bite. It's magnificent to watch this. It's incredible. His cheeks are swollen up. He looks a little, he's grinning. The second banana he's doing, undoing already. They're coming down in their droves. He's brilliant to watch. He's nimble fingered. He's the Nijinsky of the banana. He unpeels with great expertise and dexterity. He's a potassium monster. We've not seen his like before. Let me tell you, Scott Bonetti, your record is in trouble. You've got no chance, Scotty boy. You're going to be brought down. America, we're coming for you. Donald Trump. Bob Dylan. Guns and Roses, we are coming for you. NASA, Hawaii, 50 states and some stars and stripes, we are coming for you. Come on, eat your bloody bananas. Stop making a scene. Do you? We've got to beat America. If we don't beat America, then Trump has won. Bigotry has won. Racism has won. Now eat your bananas. Eat them for Britain. You look like you're just reflecting on something at a bus stop. You're a record breaker. Now, four, three... Two, one. How many bananas was that? Uh, one and a half. <laughs> one and a half. I'm actually quite hungry. Though. I've never. Te- people are just sharing them as snacks. Yeah, thank yeah. you. I'll take one. Cheers, man. How the hell did I get near that? You got to eight last time. You were so close. What's happened to you? Yeah, I used to be the man. Come on, champ. Yeah. This is like Rocky Four. We're gonna have to retrain it's like Raging you. Raging Bull. Used to be somebody. The thing is, right? <clears throat> it's not about the size of your stomach. No, it's no. about chewing. It's the mastication of the banana. If I was starving, <laughs> hungry, and I was hyped up to it, and I when are you going to get ready? Guinness Book of Records. Not that on the mic. Sorry. Even I didn't do it into the microphone. I've eaten about three in the last couple of seconds, mate. <laughs> I've been frying them down my neck like some sort of like I, a look, I don't evil wanna, I don't of the banana. Start one of those challenges that like someone chokes to death on bananas, but I'm gonna. Mm. People should do it and then send in a video. Or you'll kill people. People will go for this. Mm. We're weeding out the week. <laughs> Don't you dare try to advance evolution. What have I told you about eugenics? What have I told you about trying to advance the species and create a super Sounds race? Like say, maybe it would be good if, you know, 70% of the population of Earth died. All I'm saying is... <laughs> <laughs> All I'm maybe saying we is... need a big flood. Is possibly cataclysm can begat greatness. Post the flood came a new strand of humanity. Talking of which, yes, dear. What I would like to talk about, go on. My massive failure, anytime in the banana realm, yeah, is you 
and the Lord. Yeah, about time. <clears throat> the greatest double up. act. Since, well, what do you need to know about me and the Lord, dear brother? Well, Matt? You, this, this, can we talk about what your your partner told me? Yeah, go on, tell me what's the bit. Well, which she bit? She said that when you're in church, yep, and Daniel the church. doing his uh, sermon, sermon. That's what they call it. You, yeah, react almost like you're on a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> so he'll say something like. And then the he's like that voice, mm. and Russell goes, Hoo! and then he goes, and blows out like Jim Carrey, <laughs> as if his mind's been blown. <laughs> he puts his hands up to his head and says, "This is in my show. <laughs> I fought this. And You're twisting like, my melon, Father Martin. Yeah. You're twisting my melon." He's so affected by the sermons. And mm. and now like and also he was ta- telling us like why did Jesus go in on the donkey? You're gonna <laughs> ask yourself like a mad person. Saying, like, <laughs> why in the donkey? You go well that's it was olden days they had donkeys. No 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 it's the ass the donkey. What does it represent? What the are they telling us? Fool the low yes yes it's the lowly status but what is it an avatar of? What's it an emblem of? What's in the code? What's in the code, Father Martin? Did you ask the vicar afterwards. You go you know that bit. He's not as into religion as I am, old father of mine. Because I, I, I like, I go up to him, I go, mate, listen. Now I like what you're saying about this childlike business and the uh, consciousness before inc- indoctrination that takes place, uh, and the enculturation of social rules. Do you think that there is divine consciousness at the core of all beingness? It's, a, it's a lovely day, isn't it? You, know, yeah, like, you don't want to get into all my stuff. Got any money for the roof or not? <laughs> <laughs> they probably, yeah, he's probably like. He thinks it's a load of old claptrap. My stuff. But I like it. What? So hang on. He he's not. He's well. well I don't you go know. up to him and sort of you want further guidance than uh, the sermon and allows. further analysis, like right. because what is the value of these stories if they are just cultural documents from their time? Unless they have a deeper symbolic meaning, then they don't have any meaning at all. I feel that's that's something of a controversial well, statement saying that, that the world's religions are all meaningless. But he, like, unless it pertains to some perennial He's operating in the truth. story. He's not actually going, well, what that represents is... Yeah, like I met someone the other day that was talking to me about like being born again, and I heard a great analysis of being born again meaning the same as you would hear in Eastern mysticism: stay present in the moment, be born again. I spoke to this Buddhist woman on Under the Skin, our podcast, oh, yeah. our grown-up podcast, and like, and, and she said, um, she said, well, like in you know, everyone says, oh, I can't meditate because I think all the time. Well, that's what that is meditation is your mind is busy but it doesn't matter as long as you return to the breath or the mantra or whatever she says as long as you come back it doesn't it doesn't matter eventually that you some change in consciousness will occur and 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 someone has said before i think maybe it's joseph campbell that what does it matter if that christ died on the cross and was born again if you are not born again unto yourself in each moment that you in each moment go all right that's over now i'm this guy now i'm this guy continually Mm. in the present and so what i'm interested in is what's called perennialism where the different faiths doctrines and religions of the world all seem to have a single message and so when i hear something like that when i'm in the church where it goes um christ comes in on an ass i sort of go oh hello by dark jove but this is exactly i've heard this before like because i'm thinking what is the because of totemism how loud do you do the sort (laughs) (laughs) what i I try to aim it at my aim is loud enough to be heard but not loud too loud to be thrown out Right. So <laughs> well, you're trying to sort of use a show the off vicar. that you've 
you've had some massive epiphany. Epiphany. And I think if I'm having epiphanies in here, then I should at some point be made to be in charge. That must be well annoying to sit behind him. What do you mean? Get zooks! <laughs> <laughs> and that, does, that comes from God's wounds, Christ's wounds. God's hooks, isn't it? I don't know, one of them. Now listen, the point of the matter is, I'm getting a lot from this religion, Lark, and I'm having a time of my life. And I've found it in all of the different religions I go down. I pop down any religion. I was down the back to Devanta Manor with the Krishnas, chanting away, doing Kirtan. Loved it. Isn't the point of it? You have to choose one. No, why? Who says? Why choose no, one? No, I'm not saying you do, but I'm just saying, don't they? Wouldn't the vicar. Yeah, but that's about power and bureaucracy. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in the divine truth that's behind it. And like, so, like, if they, if they go, oh, you've got to pick one. It's not a football team. It's supposed to, like, well, you do have to pick one. That's very clear. But, like, with, but like, with a religion, I think if there's a truth in all of them, I want to experience Get a it. Bit of each. Yeah, and if there's a right, well, because then it, because if everyone, it, like, because they can't all be right, can they? So unless they are, you know, then it, like, it, uh, it undermines the concept and the precept. But if there is a truth within all of them, and that they're the, all the, grasping for the same bit of yeah. thing in their different ways. Yeah, and their own cult, and each culture is just an inflection of that truth. And that's like a lot of the stuff about um, indigenous religions, totemism. You find, like. Cultures that survive on agriculture often have gods that are sacrificed and buried because they because agricultural societies have to grow plants and once a plant is planted you're dependent on weather and all these conditions so it's a sort of a way of symbolising that hope whereas hunter cultures where they have to go out as individuals and kill animals to survive their religions reflect like the heroic myths in different ways so that it's about it's an expression of human psychology so. Uh, whilst I'm fascinated by the individual stories and narratives, what fascinates me more is, is that, that, uh, my belief that there is some truth that's being alluded to. And when I read about people, people's experience on DMT and ayahuasca and they describe some inner psyche, escape of the psyche, it makes me very excited because it makes me what think... If, right, someone yeah. goes... Someone as a baby, yeah, right? Yeah. So there's a spaceship going through space... And that baby, completely mm. innocent of all yeah. human knowledge, right? That thing mm. crashes on another planet with no humans on it, right? Some rat Superman. Out. It's a robot yeah, that exactly, the yeah. baby. bit like Superman, but, mm. but not... No, yeah, actually, yeah. But don't think about that, right? Because he's got no superpowers. <laughs> I'll right? get distracted, won't I? I'm already thinking about what you should wear. Exactly. Um, then that baby, right, mm. will grow up... Is he on a robot a... planet, did you say? No, rats? No, there's a... The rope, right, so he's in a little shuttle, and there's like a robot that feed him, so he's not going to die, right? Yeah, but he's so not learning no language or nothing. Adulthood mm. alone on a planet that's sustaining him, and he's fine, right? But yep. he's got no language. Or yes, he has got no access to any of those religions, right? That's right. So I say they can't be real. <laughs> but he might have. He will have his own spirituality. That's right, because he'll believe things. He'll have seen yeah. things. He'll be scared. He'll of things. remember the pod. He'll have little ways of getting through the day. That's right. right. So that means. What religion is he? Oh, well, this is what I put you. That's a, you. Why pay. didn't you do a oh, boy? Later, I'll be judging the vegetables <laughs> at a competition. Where's my noise? Where's my noise? Like a Tex Avery wolf. Where's my noise? Well, this little baby, the philosopher's friend, the baby in the capsule, I think that, uh, like, would he come up with his own mythos in his own religion? I think an interesting point here is what Yanis Varoufakis said, who does believe that matter precedes spirit, that that consciousness has come from material. I don't believe that. I believe consciousness preceded matter myself, Ooh. which is like believing in God, I suppose, in a way. Uh, he said, 
we only exist in dialectic without relationship who are we if like if yeah if you experience like that my relationship like I don't know the essential Matt Morgan as you know it's my favourite album uh, I, I have a inside myself a construction of what Matt means but Matt is a different person to his wife he's a different person to the Matt Morgan Appreciation Society for, for example they appreciate him so like, <laughs> so like you know like there is no essential Matt Morgan there is no objective world there is continual interpretation so that baby not having language I don't think would separate himself from otherness. In that um, documentary, James Baldwin, I Am Not Your Negro, he said America had to create the category of Negro. They created that category. Negro doesn't exist, but it was a culture that was determined to enslave others. Mm. What is it in that culture's own shadow that requires the manufacture of the category of Negro? And like, and I think that, so that boy, in the space boy there, what would his experience be? He would know that like, he would have a different relationship with his own consciousness because it wouldn't be separated through language, it wouldn't be separated through hierarchy or inferiority he would be just connected to survival but he would have some experience of the sublime I think he would experience communion with nature he would probably you know I mean I don't know so like so, so there, there is an essential spirituality there is an essential spirituality but now he doesn't know don't eat pork or don't no I agree with you, you know, don't work 100% on a agree with you you could, Those even, things are there culture. There could be four children, and so they there could be. Do you know what I mean? Like there doesn't have to be one. So they might have their own language that mm. they develop. They'll they'll start that thing. You know, there is a model of uh, language in the brain, yes. in the child's brain around yes. the age of seven. They'll sort of take on. You know, they'll mm. they'll fill it out. Chomsky works on that. Yeah, sort of yeah. the grammar I instinct. I read that book, Mother Tongue by Bill Bryson. It's an interesting thing about how Creole languages. In, I'm afraid like, what you've just done there is the equivalent of mentioning art attack in your art interview. Well. You know. Which is a populist thing to do and a very good thing to do. Go on, but tell me what it's, Bill, it's well, tell me what Bill Bryson was saying. He's actually a brilliant writer. I'm good. sorry it's for being a snob. Go on. Um, he says, well, no, it's not his idea. It's, it's, it's scientific fact. Mm. But Creole languages grew, you know, like in the Caribbean. So you've got Spanish, English, mm. African, whatever. And so they had to simplify down to a sort of really simple language, right? Which is what I do when I talk to Matt. Yes, exactly. As we can see, a bit <laughs> blundering through this segment. But, um, and the children, their children, when they reach about the age of seven, they filled in, like, past the grammatical tenses, gaps. The grammatical rules of a whole language. So do you see it in your son? Do you see him, like, <clears throat> learn grammar yeah, and learn yeah. different ways of talking? Well, he'll, yeah, he'll say, like, a day, another day that wasn't today. And you go, what, yesterday? You know, like, if you think, mm. you idiot. <laughs> But like he's using a sort of pure form of language until he learns the rules. Do you yes. know what I mean? But no, the, the Bill Bryson thing is like is interesting. So that there's an innate sort of model of language which the kids filled in, right? So they were speaking a developed language on mm. the back of Creole. So they knew the words, but the way it was all put together, right? They so indigenously created children, the grammatical space rules. Children, mm. right? We love these space guys. I love them. They might develop a whole language and everything. They would have to. They would have There's rules. an instinct and there an impulse. Be, they know right and wrong. They know pain and happiness. But there's no right and wrong according to them. No, yeah. there would be an indigenous right and wrong. That's what C.S. Lewis argues in Mere Christianity, is that we have some internal barometer of good. No one... Fi- <laughs> Gareth Roy's face. We're very like... Ugh. Well, look, I think all of us can agree, like even that, that thing, what I said with Yanis Varoufakis, right? Like, and you should listen to that podcast. He's a real clever clocks. Is he I'll goes, just read Bill Bryce. Thank you. <laughs> he goes, oh, I love you. He goes like this. He goes, in a way, it doesn't matter if spirit, it's not important whether spirit precedes matter. There is spirit now that we do seem, we all know, oh, it wasn't right that I did that. You know, and people that don't abide by those rules, we call them the mentally ill. We call them criminals. We call them the Matt Morgan appreciation. <laughs> 
society. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let's have some adverts, then we'll have some more ontological chit-chat. Maybe I'm onto banana. <laughs> <laughs> With Sky Broadband Superfast, you get reliable broadband here. <laughs> Smells good. There. Morning. <laughs> and everywhere. <laughs> Sorry. Get guaranteed Wi-Fi in every room or money back with Sky Broadband Superfast. So reliable, it's minion-proof. Sky, believe in better. Requires Sky Broadband Boost and Sky Kit in fibre areas only. Speeds vary by location. Minimum 3 megabits or refund on boost component of subscription paid during current minimum term up to date of claims. See sky.com slash guarantee. Russell Brand. This is Radio X. You're listening to Russell Brown on Radio X. That was the coral out the back of some adverts. There's plenty of emails to read through because this radio show is making its mark. Everywhere we go, people tell me, I've had mental illnesses. Thank you for your support, Russell. So you know, I get some great messages on Instagram. See, it's connected you, hasn't people it, having Instagram? This has helped them. It, makes, it validates doing this. Do you, How nonsense. do you respond to that? Just ignore them? No, I actually reply. Go on, what, reach Not back with some words of love? Some, I'm quite slow with it, but I do read them. Uh. And then I, I say something loving back and supportive. Something loving and supportive. Well, like. now I see the value in doing all this and see that it makes people happy. Before right. I used to think, what is this nonsense? There used to be cynicism, but now you've <clears throat> the scales have fallen from your eyes and you're reaching out in love to everyone. So uh, those of you that are suffering, we know you're there. Thank you for your messages. Keep talking to us. We consider you to be our native audience. The challenged, the lost, the mentally ill. How could you not be mentally ill in this crazy, crazy world? Shia Crook says, Hi, Russ, Matt and G. I thought you might like to know the same studio that made Assassin's Creed Black Flag are working on a new pirate game called Skull and Bones that's not connected to Assassin's Creed. Hmm. I don't like that. You can create a team of pirate crews, I do like that, and play online against other people, I don't like that. I think you, Matt and G, should get it when it's released. With 10,000 members of the MMAs behind you, we can own the virtual seas and live like kings. Hmm. Mm. Thing is, though, I like the solipsism of my computer game. I like playing it on my own. I know, I noticed that when I was trying to talk to you <laughs> when I was at your house. I did become aware of that later, that you had gone on a long journey to reach my house, and I probably didn't give you enough attention, because I was in an important part of the mission. It seem important. You were high Hiding in a hay bale. <laughs> but why? But why was I hiding in the hay bale? On bring down the Templars. The Templars have got a grip on the West Indies. Just, I, I think it's really funny because I sort of see you as like a luddite in, mm. in many ways. Do you? Do but you? It's funny when you're holding. Just with technology, you see me as a luddite, or in many ways like no, a clumsy like, ape. With technology, I sort of see you as some no, just mad in the Victorian man. Mm. Yeah, I am a bit like him, aren't I? Yeah, like I'm medieval, but come, come here from another dimension. Yeah, and so I'm when I baffled. see you being quite good at computer games, I think, oh, look at him. I've learned. A nervous little pest. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Right, I better, better do my mission. I've got to get those gold doubloons, haven't I? Mm. Well, I don't. I and the, you shot a monkey. I felt it's terrible about that. Well, actually, I use his pelt to make some uh, equipment for my weapons, you see. Oh, that's okay, is it? <laughs> I feel terrible when I do the whaling, I tell you that. Because, like, you sh- kill these whales and killer whales and sharks and stuff. And at first, it's quite gratifying to get one with a harpoon. But then you start to think, oh, this can't be right, can it? Even but it's a computer game. There's I know. nothing actually happening. I know nothing's actually happening. Nothing's happening. It's meaningless. But that is exactly what essentialists are saying is happening here right now in the virtual world, that it's none of this is real. So where is morality then within that? How does one not become nihilistic? Uh, even in, uh, in some... But to be fair, you hunted that monkey down with a glee. 
Right, well, he was a saucy little bugger, wasn't he, up in those trees, yes, trying to get away from yeah. me when I'm trying to make myself a nice new holster. There's much moral debate going on when he was hunting a monkey. <laughs> to be honest. The whale, at the end, when you kill the whale, it goes all limp in the water, and the bloodies, the water bloodies around it, and then you sort of haul it up at the side of the ship, and like the crew go, hey, that's a monster, like that. And when I get back on board, they all cheer me when I've gone on land. They seem so, so pleased when I get back to the other pirates. Oh, here I are, they say. And I go, all right, let's. I work ever so hard to make things right for them. There's a lot of things you can invest in, like building them a pub at the end of the pier. I throw all my money away and building the pub at the end of the pier and making things all right for the lads. Even though when the lads are killed by a wave, they're replaced by generic cipher. Wave? What sort of pirates are they? <laughs> this was a terrible torrent, mate. This is a terrible a wave? rogue wave. It's a rogue you mean wave. A storm. It's a storm that's created a rogue wave. All oh, right. And it comes. You've got to get it head on, otherwise you're in a lot of trouble. Now, when I lose these lads, you know, and the other lads come that just replace them, I still, I still feel sad for the lads, you know, even though I know they're just generated. What are those in emotions? An What's the point of those emotions? Because obviously you need to care about a game to be invested, invested in it. Invested, yeah. But it's utter meaningless electronic nonsense. Absolute meaningless electronic nonsense. But I like losing myself. That's why I used to like drugs. I used to just like losing myself in the chemical nonsense. And if you can induce these chemical states through physical activity, then I suppose it's good. But I do always think, if ever I do anything like look at pornography or play a computer game, I think oh, I should be doing something more spiritual than this. And then I try and go and do something more spiritual than it. But <laughs> trouble is, it's not as much fun. <laughs> it's yeah, not so look, easy. That's what G was saying to me the other day. There's the middle way. Yeah, you've got to be aware of People are always after that middle way. Well, why don't you go yeah. down the middle way? Nah. You go to one extreme to the other. Well, the that's other. right. I like the other extreme and the other one. Those extremes yeah, I you like. You kill a monkey in a computer game, then you go and talk to the vicar about it. That's <laughs> <laughs> terrible, actually. I killed a monkey. What? Yes, it was in um, Jamaica in 1742. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was a pirate. Were you? <laughs> He's just like leading you to some sort of clinic. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The letters and the very... wailing I do. Oh, and I lost one of my best friends to a wave. <laughs> Well, that's all very interesting, Mr. Brand. Come this way to the Maudsley. Mr. Brand's not at all well. He's been very stressed. You've been very stressed, Mr. Brand. Oh, yeah, well, who wouldn't be? Uh, the galleon full of men to look after, and half of them have got the scurvy too high. But we'll catch that. that white whale. If we'll you, catch it, I tell you. you went to, I don't think they do it in Church of England, but in a Catholic church, if you went and did your, uh, oh, God, what's it called? When you go and do your Communion? Confession. Confession. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you go, forgive me, Father, I've sinned, right? What if you started saying, like, oh, I was playing this computer game and I killed this monkey for no reason? It was for a reason. All right, to make use his pelt for money. (laughs) A holster. Make a holster because then I can carry more guns. I'm talking about what would the priest say? Would he just go, well, that doesn't matter, that was a computer game. I think he would say that. But, like, what about, though, in it's meant to be a sin if you think a load of dirty stuff? So... That's only taking place in a neurological realm. So something happening in another virtual realm. Like, I mean, this is a thing they that... can't do you for things you think. That's out of order. Emmett Fox says this. <clears throat> Who? That's, he's out of Back to the Future. That's right. <laughs> he said, where are we going? We don't need no roads. <laughs> Marty, we've got to do something about your kids. <laughs> no, but Emmett Fox, he's a uh, first century Christian philosopher, and he says... 
civilizations come and go, but the soul is eternal. What you do on the level of the soul is more important than what you do in the material world. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting, eh? Interesting. So what I think uh, a little bit is like, it's an interesting point. Like, if you go, this is what I've done. I, I don't think you can be amoral. I think I've got, me, myself, I suppose, what my, what morality, if morality has to be empirical. It has to have a practical dimension, doesn't it? You can't go around saying you're a nice person and being mean to people. So what is well, the biggest change in my life is I try not you've known me a long time so you know how I used to be yeah. decadent hedonistic selfish now, now those impulses are still in there but I try and think right just try and be nice to these people that you're around and sometimes it's very very easy to do that and sometimes it isn't easy sometimes I still feel the same impulses that I want to objectify people use them as resources whether you know whether it's on a sexual level or on a professional or level health. Maybe I need their pelt to make myself a new holster. But, like, what would that... Yeah, that, if I made a confession, say I've been doing some whaling, I've done some terrible smuggling, I've done quite a lot of assassinations, actually, and some of them are completely unnecessary. Although the game has a morality in it. If you shoot a dog on the beach, they criticise you for that, and they say, that character, your character wouldn't have done that. You've actually done something quite bad. Really? It's a really weird game, Matt, Assassin's Creed, because it has a secondary reality in it where you work at a tech company who's designed the game and like you go into like you're not actually the pirate you're not him you're occupying his consciousness temporarily while really you're working in an office like you're working at some tech i know too many layers it's too many layers and in one of the layers you have to go back and be in an office so i'm playing a game where i'm in an office and i think well that's not as good as actually what i am doing at least i'm in my house i could play with a dog i don't want to be in this office and sometimes those games that you've got to do in the office to get back in a pirate land they're quite hard i don't like that I had to crack a code. I hated cracking that code. I you just looked that, on the internet you know and had to crack this, this code. World, they reckon we don't have any actual choice. I know, because uh, you know, things happen in your brain. Yeah. Well, go on, explain it. So I, my theory, and I think I've told you this before, maybe on the radio, is that there's a potential reality that is a bit like a computer game. Someone's controlling you. You're just the avatar. You're just the game person. You might be right. right. That made me feel a feeling. Right. Like, like Total Recall. Mm, don't know. More like Avatar. Now, I might do... I nearly did one of my noises there. Well, you're making banana noises. You can Wait, stop that for a minute. Say it again. Right. What? The virtual reality. Like, okay. it might be virtual reality. Go on. I can't remember how I worded it, but I'll do it again, right? You, uh. you, ha- you think you're making these decisions. Scientists have proven that there's no actual free will. These things that happen seconds before you do them, right? The decision's made. There we go. Right. I want a big noise next. You are merely the avatar, the game boy. No. You're the character in a game and someone else is controlling you and the higher consciousness that you you think... This is good. Hey, there's God, there's this, there's that. It's just some bored teenager sitting at home <laughs> playing a game called Nervous Pest. <laughs> <laughs> Trust you to reduce it to such prosaic terms. Stop right. eating bananas on the mic. Mm. Why, why don't you start eating bananas on the mic to a level that could get us in a record book? Well, Instead of nibbling at them, like eat... driving Miss Daisy, a couple of little pip squeaks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't have any more. Oh, it's too, it's like, like a mouse eating a bit that? of a Mr. Kipling cake. Impossible. You was too inelegant. I'll tell you something. You might be right about that basic template, except for the analogy of the teenager. It's a limitless and impersonal consciousness, isn't it? It's a limitless, impersonal consciousness that's operating us, and the individualism is only temporary. So, well, yeah, the, the right. book I read about it called The Demon, right? One mm. of the examples was there was this Formula One driver, mm. and he's the only one to survive this massive pile-up crash, right? And he didn't know how he... He, he started to slow down before he went around the mm. bend where the crash was. Mm. And then only weeks later, he had a flashback memory of the crash because he sort of blanked yeah, it out, right? Out. And he said the only thing was 
he noticed on some level that the people in the audience weren't looking at his wow. way. They were all looking around the bend. And so he realised something's happened around the bend, slowed mm. down, but he came around, he's the only one to survive, right? Mm. And in the book it says that he's, your consciousness is working on two levels. You've got your deep subconscious and then your sort of in-the-moment consciousness. And he realised that the deep subconscious took over because it's aware of everything at mm. once, like even stuff like that. And that's why you can't... But like even that is an attempt to mechanise it, to say on some level it was central. He, in inverted commas, noticed the people in the crowd yeah. weren't looking the right direction. But I think that you can intuit it. I think there's sensory information, like super sensory information, information that's accessible not in a way that you would understand it as through the senses, but in subtler forms of communication subtler forms of understanding and that's why we have asceticism is because in the denial of the senses you're more likely to gain access to these realms if you're always sloshing about in pornography or gorging yourself on various forms of material indulgence it's not possible to notice these subtler realms and if you live in a society that's constantly validating and fortifying your relationship with materialism and individualism you never gain access to these subtler forms of consciousness that are within you and I would say infinite and eternal and therefore more important more determining so that's uh, when I was in five guys some woman like got her order right you get a number yeah. and it came and I was 65 and she was 64 right and he said 64 and I was just about to go that's me and she got hers and she went yes it's mine like that she was excited by and being yeah, called so out so excited and it affected the guy who was just doing his job <laughs> and he went bingo there you go and he like completely transference of energy affected him in such yes. a way and I had my little ready like my thing was ready to go that's mine like that yeah. and I and so I knew that if I'd have said that he'd have gone there you go so yeah. it shows that you can affect you know that's right interesting moment causality I mean wh where do we distinguish that woman from the number from the guy in five guys other burger joints are available I particularly like that one that does a good vegan one uh, like where, where do we where are these distinctions where is the separation because he's responding to her she is responding to something well, in her life it affects it was, you she was by being ridiculously positive mm. forced him to be she's you know I mean? so she did transfer that's something that's right it's creating a different type of energy it's also so, made me think when my order comes next time I'm going to go, Pachow! Go on, me, baby. bring great joy. Let's live in the glory of the Lord. Let's live in great joy. Let's elevate consciousness. Let's talk to an event planner called Mark Namirko, who's going to tell us how to make the Matt Morgan Appreciation Society event the most important thing to happen since, what, like the last Oscars or something like that? Well, Let's it turn is, it into it? an Oscars. That's why, yeah, why, who says it's not? But now, though, oh, what do you want? This is... Radio X. Russell Brand. You are listening to Russell Brand on Radio X. With me is Poet Laureate of the show, Mr. G. He's over there. I can see him creating some glorious structure of language whilst shamedly wiping the remnants of banana from his beard sits Matt... What? Morgan, we've got him. Well, most of the bananas on your chin. There's only a couple of bananas that are trouble. Me and G have eaten is only a bit less banana than you. We're not trying to even get in a bloody record. You're going to try that in the podcast, not the podcast, mate. Yes, the podcast. Darling, I need to have an adjudicator present if I'm to get in the record books. Nanny don't like to drive you won't record. You get anywhere near the record. Trust me, it's hard. Uh, oh, darling, I will. <laughs> Norris McWhorter will be right round. He'll be right round. I'll have gobby smothered. In Guinness. I'll be smothered in stout from top to toe, so as I will, darling. Don't go, darling. Don't leave old nanny. Give us me tablets, dear. Don't put the tablets where nanny can't read.
atrium. Nanny's fingernails have all fallen out and her fingertops are all like bulbs, like daffodil bulbs, darling. Groping and unforgiving. Well, so, coming up now, <laughs> we have got a man who's got a surname that I like. He's got a job that I'm into. He's got a haircut that makes me think probably there is a god. It's Mark Namirko. He's a party planner. And according to my tissue arrow, he'll be on this channel. Hello, Mark. Are you there, mate? Hi. How are you, Russell? We're buzzing. We're buzzing, but we're just buzzing on life and potassium. How are you, mate? I'm good. Buzzing as well, but on planning bar mitzvahs and... That Birthday. will keep you high. <laughs> the transition from childhood to manhood in the Jewish faith would make anybody buzz. What else Indeed. have you been planning? What else are we doing? I've got a couple of birthday parties, slightly naughty one coming up. Go on, tell us about that. A little bit cheeky. Tell us about it. Tell uh, us about it. Well, I'm currently researching strippers. Oh, now you've come to the right place. Now, what sort of thing <laughs> is it you're looking for? <laughs> oh, well, I'm ideally up for some nipple tassels. It's you more burlesque then, more burlesque than uh, <laughs> not like a quid in a pint glass by a railway oh. station, a, a man solemnly belching, staring down at a mahogany bar, wondering, wondering where it all went that so terribly work. wrong. What's your fee? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, not the, I'm not the man staring at a mahogany bar. Here I Oh, hello, darling. Welcome, welcome to Christendom. <laughs> welcome to the playpen. Now, Mark Namirko, uh, yeah. yes, I am prepared to do... I've done, uh, I've done some erotic dance. In fact, I was very close to having a job once as the bloke who introduced strippers, but things went wrong at the job interview that I'm not prepared to divulge, and they said it was probably best for everyone if I got out. I was too enthusiastic. Yeah. It, was like, it was like Augustus Gloop in the chocolate factory. Oh. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with a bit of enthusiasm. It literally means in, that the energy of God is within you in the literal Greek translation. translation. Now, now, Mark Namirko, what yes. on earth are we going to... We're organising an event for the Matt Morgan Appreciation Society. Matt Morgan is uh, the co-host of this show. He's got sure. an army of ill-advised fans, and <laughs> we're doing an event to appreciate him. How are we... What do you advise well, we do? Well, the first thing is, I hear he's exceptionally popular. Yeah, like I mean, it's been exaggerated. It's been exaggerated. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a pre this is a mild level of interest. So hold on, is it ten how many people are coming to this? 10,000. We need a stadium. I think we'll be lucky if a handful turns up, to be honest, Mark. <laughs> to be honest, I think it'll be like a get sort of gathering one would see outside a chip well, shop in Cardiff on a Friday. It's down to 300, I heard. <laughs> 300? I mean, it's having to be inflated. Yes. It's hardly like those 300 Spartans. I mean, basically, it's a beige bit of rag. No? Um, yeah, intimate, yeah. Intimate. Just 300 of your close fans. Close fans. <laughs> yes. Appreciators. Appreciators. Yes. Um, I'm so meant to yeah. be jumping out of a cake. I don't know if that's yeah. passe. Oh, yeah, where are we going to get the cake? I mean, there's a lot of... There's actually some infrastructure. I don't want to be cooked into it. Well, you, it's a cardboard thing. <laughs> <laughs> Still got to get the bloody thing. <laughs> We're not cooking you into it like a sixpence. <laughs> well, um, you've got to really. Oh, it's painful. Those we've done that once before. For a, 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 a woman, a, the a lady got into a uh, cake for her husband's birthday, and she had to mm. kneal for like twenty minutes inside. Oh, In a modern no. marriage, I think that's good going. <laughs> twenty minutes of kneeling per year can't be bad. <laughs> So come on then. What we so like? What what are the basics, Mark Namirko? Mark Namirko. Right. What's the basics? 
So basically, you first need a venue. Where are we doing this? Are we doing it in London? It's in London. Doing... It's been booked, I think, the venue. Where is it, Jen? Stockwell. Stockwell? Whereabouts? The dog star? A place that Matt's been before. We don't even know where it is. Look, can you see, Mark, why we need you? It's a shambles. It's out of control. What are the essential facts? What are the fashionable things at the moment? You know, like ice sculptures were, I don't know, 10 years ago. Or chocolate fountains. Chocolate fountains. Oh, my God. Right, let me just tell you a few things we don't do. We don't do buffets. Uh Don't do buffets. Cancel the buffet, Jen. (laughs) And we definitely don't do chocolate fountains. Why is that again, that we definitely are not doing a chocolate (laughs) fountain? Why is that? Just to remind us, for some of our listeners won't know why that is, Mark, so tell them. They're just a bit tacky. They're just being done. It's been done to death. What is cool? (laughs) Just leave it in the garage. What's the good thing now? (laughs) What's good things? What's cool? Well, I think it's always quite cool to have, like, different entertainers. So in the sense of... You know, even in a coat check, that there's a real character. We love putting drag queens in coat check who Me are too. real. <laughs> well, or like little things like that, but then also biggest. <laughs> well, darling, you call that a coat? What is this yeah, some exactly. sort of duffel coat? This is like Paddington Bear's coat. Hey, you look so stupid in Paddington's coat. Huh? You'd actually Russell would be really good in a in a coat check. I've got as quite well a lot of roles as, in the party, Mark and well Don't dancing. you worry about that. You're a, you, you're like multitasking. Um, what else? You need a big name act as well. Hmm. Yeah, we've only big, big name act. We need someone really, really, right. really famous. Okay, yeah. we spoke to C three PO once, and he was a big fan of the show. But sadly, a lot of our guests die. Not long after they've been on the show, Mark. Look well, both ways before you cross the road. I should look at going into funerals. Oh, now that's if something that could dies, be jazzed not up. everyone do- wants to do a birthday party. How do we make Matt look like a star in this event? How do we make it glorify him? Do we dress him up as an, in a toga like a Caesar? Do we carry him in, on a, a sedan chair? Do we splash oh, him with coloured powders? Yeah. Well, let's do some thrones, or is that a bit, you know, thrones. 15 years ago, Beckham's. You could, yeah. Well, why didn't he crowd surf the 300 fans? A lot of them have got arthritis and very <laughs> brittle bones. A lot of Matt's fans. There might be a, a bit of a patch in the crowd come the night. What is the theme? What are you into, or what are your appreciation, uh, your fans That's into? true. We've got to make a map. No. You like caves, don't you, Matt? Caves. Shadows and yeah, caves. That's what I like. What Bananas. Do they like? Yeah. Well, they, they like you, so they like what you like. That's right. This has got to be a citadel of Matt Morgan nuance. That's what we've got to create. He's a balloon-headed man when he meets Slash. There's got to be a Slash booth where people dress as Slash. We've got to pin-pin when Matthew was stabbed with a pin when he was a boy by Darren I, French, I think the bully. We need some sort of ph- photography thing, right? Mm. Because everyone's going to go, let's have a selfie, let's have a picture. That's just going to go on for ages. So what if there was some sort of group photo? A group or photo? a cardboard cutout of you. Oh, yeah, that would be good. The likes of you, but like miniature versions, like dwarfs. I like the sound yeah, of that. Well, hold on a minute. We get little, <laughs> we get small people to dress as Matt. Oh, I, yeah. good. I'd love that. Can we do that? Is that allowed? <laughs> Is that Are you a small correct? person? Is this proper? What about a giant person and a small? What about different types of Matt? What about lady Matt? <laughs> black yeah. Matt? Different mats. Fat Matt. Fat Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yes. M- Mark Namirko, I think you should organise this entire Why event. Why doesn't everyone go in there? What is the budget, have a beard by the on way? And dress as me. Yeah. Hold on a sec, Matt. Yeah, everyone should dress as Matt. But what's that you're saying, Mark Namirko? What's the budget? 
Nothing. We've got absolutely nothing. Well, I was saying nothing. everyone should put a pound in a hat. Stop trying to take people's money. Home. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you're not having a money hat that you go home with like, budgets nothing, like a greedy Rastafarian. Your money hat idea's been scrapped. <laughs> I think it's just going to be a room full of people. I've, oh, we need some music on. The most important thing at a party is the bar, effectively, in the yes. sense of that it's flowing, there's never a queue. Also, you can always tell a good party from the loos, I find. How do you mean? How many people well, are in there? <laughs> no. What they're doing in there? In the sense that they're nice. Nice loos. Yeah, I like you know. nice loos. Yeah. I like a, 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 a toilet lot. We'll just be squatting over a hole, I imagine, for the Matt Morgan Appreciation <laughs> Society event. I don't even know the venue you've got in Stockwell. It'll be like Slumdog Millionaire, the toilet scene oh in that, God. I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Morgan in a squatty potty, swimming about in a stew of effluvia. That's the likely outcome. Yeah? Okay. I don't know Great. the event in Stockwell. Jenny doesn't know it. No one knows it. This is Shambles. an absolute sham. Is it Matt's home? No. No way. No, he wouldn't like that. He's no, got it was suggested to be near my home, and I said no. Well, because you didn't want it spilling over. Well, there's nothing around there, really. No, it's a barren also, wasteland, isn't it, near there? follow me home. Cultural abyss of a place, let's face it. You could now, DJ Russell. I could. Well, well you've, you've heard oh, the show. Yeah, well, want, <laughs> I mean, I'm terrific. If we want one song <laughs> over the whole evening. Morrissey's <laughs> 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 best hits. And now some announcements. See you in a couple <laughs> of hours. Mark, well, you're, it's uh, Russell Bard, even. How Bard? Do, yeah, you, not allowed. As in, I'm like the new Shakespeare. No, 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 <laughs> listen here, my man. I tell you what, one thing you've said that's been of some value, Mark, and God knows that it's been slim pickings, is when you, is when you said that we should find things that uh, indicate the essential Matt Morgan, like find things that are close to Matt's heart and exemplify those things. I say we create a Matt Morgan mythology. Pin, pin, people pin, pinning each other. No, people don't like stop Slash. Stabbing each other with pins. Why? It's unhygienic. I suppose so. <laughs> start. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But I, I look, what I've learned, have good toilets, have a bloody good bath, <laughs> have a drag queen in the me. cupboard. Have a cupboard of... Have a, a drag queen in the cupboard. Yeah, drag queen in a, a cupboard full of drag. And mini people. And mini yes. folk. Oh, and some nipple tassels. You can't go wrong. Mate... I tell you what, Mark, you have elevated what was likely to be a poor party into one that's merely shoddy. And I thank you for that. I thank you for lifting us up. Dwarves, drag queens. I think he's added a bit of bloody glamour for us as Mark. He's he's, he's organised parties for James Corden. You're bloody lucky that he's even talking to you. <laughs> Mark, thank you for coming on nice here to talk to you. and trying to in- you, inject a, sh- a poor event with something of value. That was Mark Namirko, everybody. He's lifted us up. He's raised us up. I think of it a bit like that bit where that baboon held Simba up near the end of Lion King. And you have never were... seen it. Why? Show your kids. They'll love it. What's You've wrong with you? have never seen Lion King? No, I haven't. Oh, mate, it's based Akuna on Hamlet. Wow. That's not. That's everyone knows the Akuna Matata. You missed the depth. You can't even say it. <laughs> You've... Akuna Matata. You've missed now. Akuna Matata is rubbish. <laughs> what Akuna you want Managa. I can't say it. Of course I can. I can say whatever you like. You want to watch Lion King? It's full of depth. Full of depth. Yeah. Oh, God. Did you get... Yeah. Oh, Hold it. Scar pushes him off a cliff and watch on the other side of the cliff. Another level of reality. Poo poo bidoo. Poo poo bidoo. Now, that's what's happened with your life. You've been listening to a show. Now the show's over. You'll probably stay listening to Mr. Gordon Smart, friend of ours, friend of the show, and one of the rising stars of X Radio X, I call it. He's a very, very good man from a fine country. Now, to summarise, 
summarize what's gone before. A man to whom language is a friend, a river upon which he glides, a sea upon which he marches like Christ on Galilee. Please welcome Mr. G, everyone. This poem is called Tetris. Love is like a computer game of Tetris. It consumes our hopes and fears. Our past mistakes, they just pile up, while our planned achievements, they disappear. Such is the dance of our different blocks that are somehow fated to interlock. For time that remains religiously still will always spin faster than our moving clocks. Witness the fitness of this plot that pesters the nerve of a master plan. Can the root of all our manoeuvres summon up the power of a banana man? What if our thoughts could interview our hands? Would our skulls and bones ever agree? Maybe love is just a game of Tetris, one that we play for eternity. Yes, G! He's sewn it all together! He's sewn it together with rhymes and words! How does he do it? Why does he do it? What makes it all tick? Thank you, Britain! Thank you, everybody! Now go and wash your stinking bodies! Russell Brand. Radio X. Well, that was the radio show. Did you like it? Did you like it when we were talking to Mark in Amirko? Did you like it when uh, what other bits happened? You failing to pass a world record. Why don't you ever go at it? <laughs> I will do it. I just don't feel like it. That's what I was saying. You wouldn't let me off the hook. Yeah, no, but people went and got the bananas. Someone's gone and invested in bananas, mate. You've got to carry it all on show. I wouldn't have done it. The bananas Stop came through. Stop eating on the mic. Do you think it was, honestly disgusting. It wasn't my idea to get the bananas. The bananas just appeared. I'm not communicating with nods and winks. Like, oh, I know. Oh, that's, that, that's my point. The bananas are here. When else are they going to be Oh, here? come on, mate. Eat a load of bananas. Mate, come on, mate. It's my dinner time. Come on, mate. Come on, let's have a look at some of these things. <laughs> I will do it another day. I just don't feel like it now. I've got to go to work, can I? I'm going places after this. I don't mean going places as in I'm a hot new thing. I mean, <laughs> I've got to trundle off to a bloody meeting. Dear Russell, says Ken, my name is Kenneth and it has been since I was born. Good style. I was named after my great uncle Kenneth. I listened to your show at the weekend with great joy upon hearing you would like to name your next child Kenneth. I would. It's a great name, but I've not grown into it yet. I'm 30 years old and often get confused for an elderly gentleman when speaking to people on the phone. I even have a trendy haircut, not befitting of a traditional Kenneth. That throws people off even more. The biggest challenge of being a Ken is the fake laugh I have to put on after someone I've just been introduced to says, Hey, Ken, where's Barbie? So no, oh, yeah. I wouldn't go for that first, would you? No, I'd talk about Kenneth Williams, maybe. I'd talk about Kenneth South Park. I'd say, what's Every the time Kenny? I hear Kenny, I'd think of Kenny. South Park. Kenny, yeah. yeah. What's the frequency, Kenneth? What's the frequency, that? Kenneth? Oh, yeah, there's loads of good puns for Kenneth. That's right, yes. You and every other person I've ever met is equally original as that. Thanks for that. Anyway, those are my words of warning about having yourself a little Kenneth. But other than that, it's a solid name. Better than Apple or Parsnip or some other silly names that you get these days. Peace and love, Ken. Fair enough, having Ken. Having yourself Kenneth. a little Kenneth. Sounds like Have yourself a, a little Kenneth. Kenneth. <laughs> I was, um, I must say, I, I'm not proud of it, but I did a little Kenneth. And uh, <laughs> I was asked to leave the park. <laughs> I was like, uh, I'll do it again. And uh, most of the stuff came yeah, off the daffodils with the rinse. Kenny, that's quite a cool young Kenny. person's name, isn't what, it? I don't know. I don't go out anymore. You don't know. You shouldn't be going out. You shouldn't be going anywhere. Hi, Russ. Matthew G. I was wondering whether Matt knew that an MMA splinter group exists called MMA's Dating Agency. Oh, no. What well, is all this division? This about there's a war between the Matty Cakes and the... Dear Russell, <laughs> we, the, the Matty Rose. Cakes, are Matt's faithful fans on Twitter. Whereas we've been recognised in previous shows, we feel the new ones we've been massively overshadowed by the Facebook MMAs. Now, this look, can't you guys come together? How are we going to create go- bloody global peace when a niche organisation of appreciation of a niche public figure who, frankly, doesn't deserve any appreciation... Figure. A niche figure, I said. What's that? Oh, that's my keys. 
Thanks, yeah, mate. Before I forget, that's the key. Thanks, yeah, cheers. I'm glad I knew you'd forget, but then you remembered, so that's better. So, uh, listen, you guys have got to get on, because they feel overshadowed, but they could all come together right now over me. That's okay, because we prefer to be in the shadows. Ooh, they're trying to trump the uh, MMAs. However, if it pleases Matt, we'll all come to the MMAs and meet, meet up and fight them for Matt's affection. You like that, didn't you? Yeah, I bet you like good. that. The idea of people fighting to the Girls death. Girls tearing each other's tops off. They're mostly In blokes. my name. <laughs> I hate it. Or we will hold a rival meeting on the same day, forcing Matt to run between two venues right next door to each other and be appreciated by each group in 10-minute slots. Just all go You'd be very lucky thing. if it was 10 all minutes in the, the slot, let me tell you. <laughs> also, we've yeah, been thinking about the sub-characters from previous shows and wondering what became of them, such as Woman on the Barge Holiday that Russell said you'll never be an actress to. I think I you're, referring, uh, you're referring to Scarlett Johansson, uh, nothing <laughs> you never knows ever heard of her since, or to Speed, the taxi driver who thought Matt was famous, or the mayor of Blackpool that Russell may or may not have seduced. I don't remember seducing a mayor of Blackpool. Yeah, he oh, came I to the don't. ice cream van. Hey, what? Yeah. Blackpool I remember you in the morning big... Necklace around your waist. <laughs> ah, Matt, what a <laughs> night! What a city Blackpool is! What it is to I be alive! The key to the city. I cut and a few a ribbons. It's all up my legs. Ah, it was a pretty grand opening, let me tell you. Uh, Russell may may or not have seduced people that breezed in and out. Sometimes we think of them. Oh, well, one no, more this thing. is all part of the glossary of terms that's going to be constructed. Are we going to get that constructed? Because I'd like There's it. There's a girl called Jem who claims to be the human walking glossary of the. Where radio are you, show. Jen? We well, need I've a human walking address. glossary. We're Email gonna, her. We're gonna, I don't know. I'm going to give it to Gareth because he might be able to date her as well. <laughs> <laughs> Another notch on the. Oh, here we go. <laughs> one more thing. A listener recently mentioned trying not to laugh in public while listening to podcasts of the show. And we call that inner struggle a morgasm. Later's skin daddies. Lovely. That should be in the glossary. Morgasm's well, that good. Was because that was, my, uh, that was in the phone book when I lived in Harrow. Yeah. When uh, I was in a student house, we told them that my name, the name of that house was Mr. Morgasm, right? Yeah. And then only one person, this guy Ross, who we lived with, could phone them up because we had to pay our bill. Yeah. He was the only one who could do it without laughing because they'd go, hello, Mr. Morgasm. And it, was, it ends up in the phone book. Morgasm. I mean, why did they let that happen? Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit lax, isn't it, I suppose, from the uh, curators of the book there. I agree with you. I agree with you. Dear Matt, Rush, G, I'm from Nottingham but studying in the Netherlands. It's good. <laughs> After a long night out the other day, I was buying a 5am kebab and a girl came over and pulled one of my headphones out wanted to know what I was listening to. I think she was expecting music, so when she heard you guys talking... To that dream analysis, she kind of recoiled. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I shared my Lamachen with her and told her to check out the podcast. We'll be going for drinks at a Belgian bar later this week. Can you give a shout-out to Sijuka for me? Good luck. Hello, Sijuka. It's spelled S-J-I-E-U-W-K-E. Sijuka. That's a hell of a bit of language, that, mate. Mm. Sijuka. Hey, are, Dave. We've done it. Hi, Russell. I'd like to know whether you would allow me, Dario, to put a photograph that I have of you in the Taylor Wessing photo competition. Thanks again, Dario. What is it? Of course. All right, yeah, go on. What's it off? Long long lens picture of you going to your bin. <laughs> <laughs> I love that image, and you can have it. Susan Roberts. Hi, Russ. Can I offer you, Matt and G, a free DNA test to yes. di discover? Yes, you can. Come in next week, please, Susan Roberts. Uh, to discover your sporting and dietary genes through a DNA fit. This includes a consultation on the radio with a head of sports science who is an Olympic 100-metre runner. 
Completed in Beijing. This is where they can tell you what sort of food you're going to eat by your blood type. That's right. I want all that. I'm head of the sports science <clears throat> Olympian's wife. Hold on a minute. I'm the wife of a sports... <laughs> Hold on. I'm actually said head of sports science Olympian's wife, oh, but right, I'm the yeah. brains of the outfit, and I've already okayed it with him, so it's all legit. Susan Roberts. Yes, we'll do it. Do it. I want my DNA right, examined. Follow that up. Don't screw that up in front of Hold on a minute, I'm not the producer. <laughs> Neil and Gareth, they've got it. When Gareth, it to you. When Gareth takes his, when he Gareth takes his <laughs> finger out of honey pot, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Gareth creaming it, using the job for dirtiness. In and out of them disabled loos. Be... <laughs> no, I'm, that. I'm a female mute, so we're going to do DNA tests. That's decided. And, Gareth, and send us pictures of you. Oh, hold on, this is for Gareth. This is for Gareth. I'm a female music student living in Germany. I couldn't believe my sexy little ears when Russell said she you played say f- that. She just said ears, but imagine if they were sexy and little. That sounds awful. <laughs> oh, why? What's wrong? Jeweled and too small for a head. Don't. How little are they? Like, like a mouse's ears, ears yeah. or with little emeralds in them? Sexy mouse ears. Stop it! Stop it! Keep it professional, mate. Keep it professional. Little mouse ears folded over like a little corny. Oh, oh no! It's folded <laughs> in on itself. <laughs> on the mouse's ear. Isn't that a bit... Doesn't that mean something rude? Not in this world. Now, I couldn't believe my ears, which may or may not be like sexy little mouse ears, when Russell said, you play the French horn. I'm majoring horn, honey. Wow. We should play some duets. Hang on, how much this is her? And you... No, no, she's reading it. Did I'm she say it. I majored Taboo Zimmerman. She majors in horn. Taboo Zimmerman? Taboo Zinism. Tabia Zimmerman. Taddy Zinaba. Right. Come on! I major in horn. We should play some duets and see where this leads. Tabo Zimmerman. That's filth. Tabos. Don't be jealous. You've got children. Go and I'm play. I'm not jealous. Have a picnic. I can talk to Gareth whenever I want. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just enjoy your domestic life like old Russ? I, I, I do. I just... I could... <laughs> Look, what? Someone sent me a picture of their boobs. We don't want pictures. Men or women. We just want a quiet mainly women. British life. Sat still, not doing nothing. And yes. that is what Britain is made of. All right. Thank you very much for listening to the show. You just now one know boob. spirit no but no don't send any images here. Everyone's don't got you, a favourite. Just don't send, send favorite. no images, darling. Don't yeah. send us no erotica. We can't come they'd peel it out anyway, them pair of perverts. Gareth and Neil, you'd never get never reach you. Yeah, it's true. Of course it is. All right. I'm surprised that threesome one got through you to me. <laughs> By the time that email reached you, those ladies were long pregnant. Yeah, it was a bit dog-eared. <laughs> Tear-stained. You're telling me. Initially yeah, mouse ears. Didn't work out for them. <laughs> By the time it finished, the mouse ears would become the dog ear. Okay, well, that was a podcast. We tried our best, and if you don't like it, well, go and do something else with your time. It's up to you. You're free, aren't you? Or are you? Yeah. Peace. Bye. Radio X. Russell Brand.